and welcome to episode number 59 of The Third Power. This is Anthony Abitolo, co-host number one, and with me, as always, is co-host number two, the jubilant, effervescent, Usman Jamil. I'm effervescent. Dude, I'm a soda, again. Yes. <laughs> that's, dude, that's awesome. I'm glad to be a soda. You are Burdick and Dandelion. Ugh. Uh... What was that? I, I, what was it? Uh, uh, Thumbs up. Yeah, but it was the. Uh, I, I sent you a picture when I was in the grocery store of. It was something seed. It was basil seed, soda. Oh yeah. And I was really frightened because it looked like ton, tons of tiny little eyeballs floating in the drink. <laughs> couldn't even, I couldn't force myself to buy it and drink it for the sake of the podcast. I'm sorry, everybody. Dude, dude, YOLO. I, I meant to. Uh, I one time got like a lychee drink. For the podcast, but I can never open the bottle. I think it was one that we had Marshall on, and I couldn't open the bottle. I'm just like, I'm just gonna have this ginger drink. <laughs> <laughs> That's the origins of. You should have waited till we had like Tom Lapilli on, and then you could have had your ginger drink. Why does he like ginger? It's oh, red hair. Oh, he's a ginger. Oh, right on, right on. <laughs> Come on now. I was thinking too literally. God. Anyway, we're here to talk about Magic Origins, uh, the final core set. At least for now, supposedly ever, but a final core set uh, in Magic history. At least that's how it's being taught. I can't say the word. Touted. Touted, yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But uh, surprisingly deep set, lots of nice flavor, lots of good design, lots of homages to previous cards, and uh, I'm excited to talk about it. So uh, let's uh, go ahead and uh, get to our crack a pack. Uh, now, we'll be using my cube, which doesn't have any Origins cards in it yet. I know we usually insert uh, an Origin card or two uh, into our into our packs, but usually Usman's the man for that, and uh, his cube is otherwise preoccupied, so we will be using mine. We're, you know, five, 560 uh, unpowered. So, are you ready? I, I am ready to uh, to rock and roll. All right, are you ready to have this ruined by Batter Skull? Um, oh, yes. Well, that's not the first card. I just, I'm just asking if you're ready. Oh, I, was, I just typed Batter Skull. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. By the way, it's definitely going to wind up being this fact. Crucible oh, yeah. Worlds is number one. Okay. Card number two is Den Protector. Oh, Eternal that's actually, Witness. That's actually, um, actually have one of those face up from, from one of the cube decks yesterday. Was it turned face up? It it was, but I don't know if it has a counter on it. It probably does. Right. <laughs> Turn face up. Card number three is Thornling. Good old, good old Thornling. Good old Thorny. All right. Numero four is Mox Diamond. That's a good card. Sure is. I was watching a stream earlier on today. Uh, Jerry Thompson was streaming Legacy with Grixis Control, and he has Deck Faden in his deck. And his opponent, uh, who was playing like the Nick Fit deck or something similar to that, uh, basic uh, Wastelands one of Jerry's lands. So Jerry proceeds to draw deck fade and says, oh yeah? And steals his Mox Diamond. <laughs> like, I'll show you. Did he my land. Did play Mox Diamond without, was it tapped or untapped? No, no, no. So like the guy, so his opponent goes like, you know, has a Mox Diamond, it's in play, you know, whatever. And the guy's like, Wasteland, you know, it's, you know, mid-game. And Wasteland oh, okay. one of Jerry's red sources. So 
Jerry draws and plays Dak <laughs> Dak Vaden. Give me your Mox Diamond. Yeah, now I'm not Manisker anymore. Right, exactly. Greatest Steve in the multiverse. Thanks. I've definitely stolen... That'll show you. It's like, I'm gonna, steal, yeah, I'm gonna steal your signet and then just get you. Mm-hmm. Or something else, steal your sword. I love Dak Faden. That card's sweet. Agreed. Card number five Dak is Faden. Broodmate Dragon. Oh, okay. Broodmate. Probably a card that might be coming out of my cube here fairly soon. Yeah, I can get so behind that. Still in for now. That's cool. Card number six is Kokusho, the Evening Star. Ah. Double yeah. Dragon pack. Oh, wow. Well, I guess Triple Dragon. Double Dragon 3 with right. the impossible last level. Triple or last boss. Dragon. One, two, three, four, five, six. Card number seven is Hallowed Fountain. Ah. Card number eight is Rakdos Signet. I'll, I'll steal your Signet with Tech Faden. If you open it. Next card is Jace Bellerin. Uh, baby Jace. Baby I have a I have a question to ask you regarding Jace. Okay. After this, pa- I can do it after the pack. Okay. This regarding this Jace or Jace in general? Uh, yeah, I guess this Jace. Fair enough. Here we go. Card number ten is Armageddon. Oh, Armageddon it. Armageddon it. Armageddon it. Come on, guitar. <laughs> Card number 11 is Talarian Academy. Oh, wow. We have many artifacts. I think. I don't know. It feels like there's artifacts. Like, what? One, two, three. Two, three. That's the cards that work well with mm-hmm. rocks, like Armageddon it and right. Broodmate Dragon and dark cards. I don't know. And the next card I just revealed, which is Wildfire. Oh, Hello. That's an interesting card. Which apparently is a Foil Russian Night Dead Wildfire. Ooh. As I look at it. That's nifty. I must have opened this from all the boxes I had been opening. Alright, next card. Volcanic Island. At first I thought you were going to say Volcanic Hammer, and I was like, huh. Island. Volcanic Island. I like that a little bit more. Penultimate card. Master of the Feast. Oh, there we go. I almost thought you were going to say Master of the Hunt. I've, I've got, like, Premonition, but it's, like, bad Premonition. It's like, <laughs> you're going to say this. It's like, nope. Right, just, like, lose a bunch of coin flips. Yeah, I'm just like, aw. Volcanic, uh, yeah. Master, uh. Do you ever, um, ultimate Ralzeric and get zero coin flips? No, I have never ultimated Ralzeric for the zero. I, I've I seen did, it happen. I've done that, but I won the game. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> To be fair, you did keep Ralzeric on the table for a long... Keep the Planeswalker on the table for a really long time, and they weren't able to interact with it enough. So yeah, I, forget I could what see he, where you would still win that game. I forget what exactly happened. I remember there was a prime time or something, but... I don't know. I... Yeah, I just... I was like, zero? It's like... Okay. I guess I'll manufacture a win here. Mm-hmm. It wasn't alive. It also just... I also just killed it, which was unfortunate. But that well. Alright, last card. One of my more favorite recent additions to the cube, and the card that eliminated me from winning a box of dragons of Tarkir last FNM, Brutal Horde Chief. Oh, I thought you were going to say Perforos. Brutal Horde Chief. Even a more uh, recent addition than Perforos. Dude, you ever play the fighting game Brutal Battle for the computer? The who? Brutal Battle. It's spelled B R U D A L Battle. Oh. 
It was a really, really bad Mortal Kombat ripoff. Oh no! It's I'm gonna have to link in the show notes. It's okay. It, we when back in my day, I got this CDR or it was a CD that was sold in stores of just a bunch of bad shareware games. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. And one of them was this terrible game called Brutal Battle, and like it had this first initial song, which is just like ripped off like Hava Nagila and like uh what was that? It was like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Or something. It was so bad. It All was right. All terrible. Right. We'll have to take a look at that one later. It's awful. Yeah, I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes. <laughs> so in this pack. Oh, so Jace. Okay, yeah. So tell me the Jace story oh, while, I, mean, while uh, I think about what card I would take after the card I'm taking. Oh, it's not really a story. It's more of a question. Oh, okay. Uh, which do you like more, this or Architect of Thought? Or if you're rate them on scale of 1 to 10, let's say that. Okay. If I had to only choose one, I would choose three drop chase. Yeah. Um, as far as I, one to ten is kind of difficult, but uh, I think that Baby Jace is um, it's 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 in a really nice spot that you don't see very often, which is low casting cost, high loyalty, possibly. And able to generate lots of cards. Loyalty, low cost, which is rare. Um, even though, you know, it's one of those things where you can, if you want, it can have five loyalty right away and party draw, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to keep it around. Uh, otherwise, if it's just not in danger, you just get to draw three cards for every card your opponent draws. No? Yeah. Yeah, like, pr- and you, uh, I'll, draw, I'll draw party draw. Right, yep. really slow, consecrated things. I had to happen with uh, against was it Adrian. Mm-hmm. Like I think we were just playing. At, it was a, I think we we're in indie or something, but I think you were off playing actual magic, and like <laughs> I think I had a baby Jace, and like somebody had a consecrated sphinx. Oh God! And then and I just kind of sim- I just realized at the time I was like, oh, if I plus two, I draw three cards. Correct. <laughs> I was like whoa. I think I might have had the Sphinx, but I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but yeah, it was nice. But yeah, what do you what do you think of Architect of Thought? Like, if you had played that much in yeah, Q? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had it in since uh, since pretty much since it was printed, and I like it. It's a it's a good defensive card. Like the the attacking creatures get minus one is much more powerful than you than it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually played against it in Legacy last night. Come to the Legacy. Yeah, against the Affinity deck. That has a bunch of one ones. <laughs> oh, yeah, I had to take a couple turns getting rid of that guy, and then I that's that's beautiful. But uh, but yeah, apparently it was being played in the uh, at least this guy was playing it in like the Grixis control deck type thing. So oh, okay, that's interesting. I don't know if it was main deck or not. I only saw it in game two, so. And you're playing the robot deck, correct? Or Affinity or whatever the cool kids call it. I don't even yep. know. And, and on my last, uh, my last turn in game two, the last turn of the match in game two, he just looks at me and goes, "I have a terminate, but you're not an idiot, so you win." Because <laughs> <laughs> I had like five attackers, you know, and he's at six or something, and basically yeah. just, you know, some, some something where like killing one guy just doesn't matter unless I. Decide to do something dumb with Arcbound Ravager. So. Yeah, like you you screw up your Ravager math. Right, or use it at all. 
<laughs> just yeah. activate everything and attack you. Oh, that's yeah. the best. Okay. He's like, yeah, we're done. Yeah, we're we're out of here. So no, I do like it. I mean, certainly it's it's you know, it, it's no mind sculptor. But, yeah, I mean, but I think a few things but, are. but I think it's it's certainly fine. Uh, yeah. I don't like it as much, like I said, as the three drop one, just because three drop planeswalkers just aren't. There's not very many of them. Yeah. And uh, well, we... and when when they're good, they're really good. You know, the low drop planeswalkers. So yeah. Four is like the magic number for our, for planeswalkers, where they you know start getting really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me get some good ones. So. Oh, so. So I'm taking Armageddon because I'm a uh, uh, you know. I'm a uh, I'm a fun police fan. There you go, Armageddon it. Correct. There we go. How have you liked Thornling? I like lately? it. I mean, I, I haven't got a chance to play it much recently, but my past experiences with it have been very positive. Mm-hmm. Um, the indestructibility is just tough. Yeah, it's really, like well, really tough. It's like I can't uh, I can't do anything. <laughs> right. Exactly. Just like, well, I really can't do anything about this card. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been a fan. And, you know, uh, and like all the Morphlings, like any sort of pants, like just like doubles the amount of power. Yeah, especially since Thornling gets trample, right? Correct. One of its modes, yeah. So you just put a sword on it and it's like, okay, you you want to block? Good luck. Right. You Not can't. only is this thing really big and have double protection, but it also has trample and indestructibility. Yep. So, Good uh, luck. No, I, I like it. I, I certainly like it in, uh, more than what's the guy with undying the five drop with oh Vorpede. Yeah, I, don't, I certainly like it better than that guy. Yeah. So uh, I also like that you know it's it's it can be good post wrath post sweeper because oh yeah because you just haste it right so. Whee! There's a, there's a lot of things to like about it. Yeah. Never mind the fact that like I like green to have good creatures, you know. So green, uh, it's a good co- it's a good color for creatures. Right, but even then, like some of the best ones aren't even green, you know. Yeah. Uh, like or some, like a uh, like uh, vacuum powerful cards like this one. Yeah. So, yeah, I dig it. Yeah, I think but, I'm gonna take Academy just because I I feel like it's a good time to take it pack. Pick one, pack one oh, to yeah, kind of build just, around just it. Move in. Yeah, and then you got to catch them all with the mana rocks. Yeah, and you could wheel conceivably. You'll probably like, signal the signet. Is my guess. Yeah, wildfire possibly, crucible, pra- maybe. Who knows? Yeah, it depends on what you know. It depends on what people in your like mox diamond. No way, but because uh, mox diamond for me is another one of those top picks. Mm-hmm. I, that's that's up towards the top of top end of picking cards for me. Uh-huh. Yeah, card sweet. But yeah, I can certainly see the the value in taking an archetypical card and then like, all right, we're in. And it's like, oh, all in. I just really like Armageddon. I don't know. Armageddon's a sweet card. It's like so. Uh, so I'm. You're kind of hoping to win, right? <laughs> nope. Right. It's like. <laughs> so remember that time when you had lands and you were thought you were going to catch up. Not so much. Yep, nope. Not so much. <laughs> a Brutal Horde Chief really has been one of my uh, more favorite additions. Um, just because it, it does have an impact right away, and you can't let people untap with it. 
<laughs> like, yeah. like you can't let people untap with it in where they have multiple creatures in play. Yeah, like, good luck. And it has a very uh, hell ridery type effect, even though this one won't ding planeswalkers. Uh, the 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 little mini drain lifes matter a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just attacking with three creatures gives you a six point life swing before damage. So yeah, so yeah, I'm a fan. But That's a good one. Yeah, I I, I I I agree with both of our picks. How's that? There you go. Goof grab. What do I goof grab from here? Um, <laughs> volcanic island. Yeah, that's my goof grab. Rough goof grab. <laughs> Coca show, or something. I don't know. But yeah. So the new set, Magic Origins. Magic Origins. That, yes. That was the most awkward transition, probably. So yeah. <laughs> so. That's, that's terrible. Uh, yeah, this uh one of the more interesting core sets. Of course, it's the last one in terms of, and it feels like they learned a lot and they try to not make it weak as well. Like it felt like in more recent core sets, they've been making them more powerful, and it feels like they have with this set as well. Well, I hope this one's as good as M10 because M10 was a delight. M10 well, was well, really, really well done. I'm trying to think of what was in M10 in general. The Titans? Slayer Angel. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the draft format was really good. It was a return of Lightning Bolt, too, I believe. Oh, yeah. Um, there, there was just a lot of really good things going on, and it was a fun limited set, and it had a, a high impact on Constructed. So, uh, you know, it was, it was good. It was good. Yeah, Acidic Slime was in the set. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Yeah, you had a lot of cards that that did that had a significant impact, both on cube and on constructed, which is kind of where you want to be. Yeah, especially for a core set. You know, that was the first time too that they did the new cards in a core set thing. Oh right, yeah, Elite Vanguard, another so one. So you know, so that that was a, a good time to. It was a good time to be a core set, basically. Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping that this one will hold up, as well. Yeah, it seems seems very good. Master of the Wild Hunt, that was another one. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good stuff there. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Were the Titan... Yeah, I'm trying to see if Sun Titan was in here. Okay, so that was the, like M12 or something, oh, right? Oh, Titans were later. Titans were M12. I think so, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. There's still, still a lot of good stuff there. But yeah, Out of all the so, that's kind of run together in my mind, but I remember Baneslayer Angel being M10. Nice. I remember a lot of the more recent ones run together for me as well. It's like M... Stuff. Yeah, like between 12 and 14, they all kind of run together for me. So yeah. That's kind of rough. Like, no. I'm yeah. like, uh, I don't remember what cards are in the set. So, no. That's... Like, it was M... <coughs> it was M... <laughs> you know, what did you say? I said M2... <laughs> It's like, oh, okay. Right. Oh, that one. <laughs> so, yeah, like, uh, and the reprints, you know, that was like the return of Ball Lightning. Bogard and Hellkite came back. Hell yeah. So, uh, like, you know, Lightning Bolt came back. Mana Barbs came back. You know, there, you know, quite a few. Uh, Siege Gang Commander came back. Oh, yeah. Good old Siege Gang. 
Which, you know, we just got, you know, speaking of, you know, the, the set and, and reprints, you know, we just got back Goblin Piledriver. Mm-hmm, yeah. Goblin Piledrivers in Modern, along yep. with Siege Gang Commander, along That's with, pretty... like, Franco, along with Goblin Chieftain, along with... Just, like, a lot of really neat Goblin cards from the Legacy deck, except for the two best ones. <laughs> Matron and Lackey? Oh, okay, sorry, three best ones. Oh. Matron, Lackey, and Warchief. Oh, Warchief, right, right. I guess you have Goblin King and the Haste one, right? Right, right. But the the making things cheaper. Was yeah, that's definitely big. Game. That and Ringleader, like. Oh, I guess Ringleader too. Okay, the yeah, four Ringleader. best Goblins. Sorry. <laughs> I Do you remember what I was talking about Goblins? Yeah, never mind. Or next. Oh, well, there's, there's still some. There's probably probably a game in there oh, somewhere. Okay, yeah, I mean, there's. I just don't know if it'll ever be better than like Turn One Goblin Guide or Turn Two Eidolon of the Great Rebel. Yeah, that'll that'll be the big issue is whether it can. It's a better red deck to play than that. Now, mm-hmm. granted, you get uh, the one drop that gets a plus one bonus whenever another red creature comes into play. Oh, uh, Denise, that was its nickname. I guess it wasn't <laughs> Foundry Street Dungeon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Found- I think it was like what Raph Levy, I think, called it that, but I guess it never caught on. So yeah, like Foundry Street Denizen, you get to play in that deck too. Mm-hmm. With your and your, uh, I guess you have the two drop goblin, the red red one, both the one with battle cry and the one with uh, double strike. The double oh yeah, guy. you get uh, the one drop that you get the kick to give them all haste. Oh yeah, bushwhacker. bushwhacker. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's a deck. Sorry. There probably is. Sorry, it's I a, guess it's not a modern speculative podcast. But all good. All There's right. definitely a lot of good cards for Cube, though. Yeah, there are. And uh, let's start with the white cards. All right. And so uh, I'll read them off here because I have not poured through the uh, spoiler as much because I'm a very visual person. Like, I, I see card texts, but sometimes it doesn't sink in, like, with what the cards are until I actually look at them. So mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'll read them off. So That works. All right. So the first one here in white uh, that we want to talk about is Archangel of Tides, which is one white, white, white for a 3-5 flyer. Uh, as long as it is untapped, creatures can't attack you or a planeswalker you control unless they pay one for each of the creatures. And as long as it is attacking, creatures can't block unless they pay one for each of those creatures. Yes, it's like a miniature... Kind of propaganda, ghostly prison type of thing? Right, so when you play defense, it helps you play defense, and when you play offense, it helps you play offense. Yeah. What do you think? It's so, one triple white, which is... Right, so that's rough. That's and, a little awkward. And white four drops are absurd. They're pretty good, like Armageddon so, it. Right, exactly. Like, you can... I'm sure there's, you know, multiples on lists right now that aren't seeing play that wouldn't be embarrassing. Yeah. Much like green-white cards. But I I don't know. I I can't get past the Tamiyo cosplay headdress here. Yeah. The artwork. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, what? What's going on here? The hat? Maybe a little little Princess Leia-ish, a little too high for Princess Leia. Yeah, yeah, you could. Yeah, that works. Maybe, as you said, little uh, unmentionables on the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So this is true. I keep looking at the artwork. I'm like, what? It's so weird. Yeah. On, is it hair? Is it a hat? I don't know. Is she wearing clouds on her head? Anyway, I don't know. I, I, I got a feeling it's just a, this is just a victim of competition. Yeah. And, uh, and and while certainly the, I think this card plays better defense than it does offense. Yeah. Because I think the having to pay one to attack you is a much worse thing than having to pay one to block. Yeah. Um, and this is not a particularly powerful attacker. Speaking that it's a four drop that was only three power. Yeah. And it's, it has... uh, and it's a three five, so it does block very well. Yeah. It's not terrible at attacking, though. I mean, it's not amazing, but it's not bad. Sometimes you got to get the dungeon geist in there. I mean, yo, absolutely. But, you know, I don't know. Yeah. For the, th- for the triple white and the competition, I'm thinking it's going to be rough. Yeah. I'm probably going to, because I've been trying, I'm like, it's certainly trying try it. Like, that's right. Yeah. And I'm probably going to give it, like, an extended, you know, probably give it a try. But, yeah, I have a feeling it's probably not going to last long. The It does seem nice in kind of swarmy decks. Mm-hmm. It does have, like, a lot of small dudes. Not necessarily... I mean, they don't have to be token decks. It's just like, all right, here's a bunch of uh, cats. The Savannah Lions or whatever, you know, just, like, little things. But I do wonder if those, like... For those decks, four mana is... You can only run so many? And, too, the turn you play it as four mana doesn't help your attacking. It's yeah. not like Brutal Horde Chief where you play it and it still has an effect on your attackers. You play it... And it only still has an, you know, it has to be attacking to get the attacking effect. So I think it takes away some of the viability of that. I guess, yeah. except for unless, and maybe if you're in a mirror, if you're in some sort of aggressive mirror, then it's good, because you can't get attacked by as many guys without them costing their turn. This seems really good in the aggressive mirror, I would you think. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I could see it being good there, but as long as you can cast that, that is. Yeah. That triple white mana. But once again, like, is there are there a bunch of cards in that same ilk that are better that do the same job better, maybe on offense or maybe on defense? You know, something like yeah. Johnny Goldmane. That's like, well, all my guys are bigger, and they have vigilance. Which, yeah, you know, it plays well on offense and defense. The turn it comes into play. So you know, I, I just think it's a victim of of competition. But you can certainly, it's certainly not embarrassing. That's for sure, and it could be better than what it looks like. Yeah. Than what we think right now. I agree. All right. How about Next. Consoles Lieutenant? Yeah. So Consoles Lieutenant... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, this introduces the Renown mechanic. Yeah, so Consoles Lieutenant is white-white for a 2-1 first strike with Renown 1. And Renown 1... Renown basically says, when this creature deals combat damage to a player, if it isn't Renowned, put a plus-1, plus-1 counter on it, and it becomes Renowned. Uh, whenever it attacks, if it's renowned, attacking creatures you control get plus one, plus one to land the turn. With other, so it doesn't count itself. Correct. Other attack creatures you control get plus one, plus one. But is a 3-2 attacker right, three, two, when it's strike. renowned? And, you know, it, it's first strikes all the time, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, white, white's a little tough. Not a little tough. I don't really mind that too much. Yeah. And some of the other white white cards that have come out recently are, are very, very good. Yeah, like um, Onofenza. Correct. And um Yeah. 
I, I don't know. I, I think it's uh, close. It is a human, so you do have that interaction with uh, any sort of human tribal. So if you're a champion of the parish or, or any of those kinds of things, uh, it certainly has some interaction there. Uh, the first strike does help it a lot. Uh, has to connect and become a 3-2. Yeah, I mean, I can see this card seeing a fair amount of play. Yeah. I do wonder, like, uh, I think we've talked before about saboteur creatures looking better than they are. Like, Liliana's Reaver, I think, was a card that looked a lot better than it actually ended up being. Mm-hmm. And I do think Wizards probably realize that, and so it seems like the best ones are, like, Stromkirk Noble, where they essentially go under all the creatures, or, you know, go under the creatures that would block it, or something like that, or some kind of evasion, or... or the the slip mechanic, or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, uh, what are Arcbound, or... Firewalker. Uh, Firewalker, yeah, that's the big one. That if you were on the play, could sometimes just stay one point ahead of their blockers the entire time. Yeah. And if you have a Chrome Mox or something, it's like, all right, right here we go. Here we go. Attack for one. Attack for you dead. I think I like this guy. I don't know how... I think I'd probably say it like kind of mid, like maybe mid-level two-drop. Mm-hmm. But he's not bad. It kind of it kind of feels like, um, it's like our Piana Nomad Captain. Okay. Or you need know, to bust your team, which is which is decent, but it's just kind of a cheaper version of it. Sure, and I'm just trying to like put it next to other two drops, or put it next to other three drops, or things to to replace it to try to you know you're always looking for context, right? So yeah. uh, even though you know we we always emphasize not to make the always to rely on like the lazy swaps, but it's. You know, that's how you gain context from a card, right? Like, is this something that's way better than the other two drops that are in there? Or is this something that's way worse? Would I rather have this over a one? Would I rather have this over a three? Or, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know. I, I, I'm not I'm not quite sure about that, you know? I'm trying to think if I like this better than Precinct Captain. I think I do. I think I like this better than Precinct Captain. I, I, yeah. would, I would agree with that. Um, the but, other one makes tokens, which I guess is... Interesting, but it feels like the payoff for Council's Lieutenant is higher. Yes, I also feel like it'll have a more lasting impact as the game goes on. Yeah. Because I'm not sure, you know, once again, I I, I can't describe what's the average amount of times that uh, Precinct Captain hits to get the effect, other than it just being, you know... White Knight without protection. Mm-hmm. But this one, the fact that it's going to be three power for a strike means something. And the fact that there's additional text means something else. And I think, yeah. those, I think those two things make it better than get another token. Yeah, and like sometimes you can just go get your guy in, make a dude, and they can just play something huge. And it's like, well, this soldier is not real. Like the payoff for getting in right. isn't really... like. If they're behind and they're kind of a slow deck, the creatures can kind of snowball. Like, they can kind of turn the corner. You can go, like, two, and then you have three power. And then three power, you go into four. But it doesn't snowball that quickly. Right. It doesn't necessarily, I guess, punish them that much, where it feels like, I guess, yeah, it's the payoff just seems better for uh, the council's lieutenant. Mm -hmm. And and I feel like it has, you know, it it, it will also 
be more relevant as the game goes on. Yeah. Even though it's not as good by itself on the field, um, you know, if, if left unmolested. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think I like this card better than uh, than that one. Yeah. All right. So one our first of our flip planeswalkers is next. Yeah, it's a it's a good one. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a uh, Kidian Hero of Ekros, which is yeah. a one mana two one. So white for a two one. It's a human, legendary human soldier. At the end of combat, if Kidian Hero of Ekros and at least two other creatures attacked this combat. So it's, what, Battalion? Is that what the mm-hmm. uh, mechanic is? Yeah. Exile him, then return him to the battlefield transformed under his owner's control. And has an activated ability of two and a white. Gains indestructible until end of turn. Yeah, so that's... So even, you know, so with mana available, you're getting yourself a Planeswalker for the most part. I mean, there are certainly ways to still kill him. That the indestructibility doesn't matter, but yeah, whatever. That's it's a uh, one mana two one with boatloads of upside. Yeah, including flipping into including flipping into Gideon Battleforge, which is a three loyalty planeswalker. Uh, first ability is plus two, up to one target creature and opponent controls attacks him during its controller's next turn if able. A plus one which is until your next turn, target creature gains indestructible, untap that creature, and uh, a zero, which is until end of turn, he becomes a 4-4 human soldier with indestructible, that's still a planeswalker, and prevent all damage that would be dealt to him. So, not only is he indestructible, but you also prevent all the damage dealt to him. Yeah, that's... (laughs) That's that's pretty good. So, uh, it's a, you know, a small version of the, uh, kind of a small version of the big guy. Yeah, the like, big guy can't... have, uh, big guy didn't have indestructible. Yeah, I was about to say, he can't, this one can't kill creatures, but, I mean, it costs one mana, what are you expecting? Yeah, this guy's sweet. I, I don't, yeah. I don't even know what there really is to say about this card, other than, if you have access to it, put it in your cube. Yeah, and don't, you know, until your aggressive decks are correctly cutting one drops, don't take... Don't just swap, right? But yeah, I there's one but it was one guy Vivek in in the like our weekly cubes where and he he tends to play more mid rangey decks, but he seemed to have fallen in love with this card. Okay, which I was a little surprised with. I was like, huh? <laughs> I don't know. He says he, he really likes the card. Unsurprising because this card is dumb. Yeah, this card is very very good, very good, uh, especially in cube. Mm-hmm. I asked but. him. Hey, did you get him to flip? He's like, I did, and the person conceded. I'm like, dude, come on, that's not cool. Yeah, like, <laughs> the guy on. died, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Let the Wookiee win. God. Some people are just no fun. Yeah, well, he was he was dead. But yeah, this card seems sweet. Definitely definitely a, a good one. Yeah, put it, put it in. Not that hard. No yeah. problem. All right. Uh... Let's see. So the next card is Kidian's Irregulars. Another victim of competition. Ah, uh, yeah. The dreaded four-drop spot. So two white-white 
Human Soldier, 4-3, with Renowned 1, with a activated ability of White White Tap Target Creature. This card yeah. will be a limited bomb. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't think it's going to get too close to very many cubes. I tried it in my cube, and I think the guy who had Gideon in his deck like had it there, because you know, I just want to get a more concrete opinion of it to see. And he had it in his deck, I'm like, and I was like, how was it? He said he really liked it. I'm like, all right. But yeah, just like if that was a, a Johnny Goldmane or something. But yeah, competition, oh my goodness. Right. And I mean, once again, uh, you know, we can certainly, while you don't want to make lazy substitutions per se, there is a certain amount of... Uh, Fours that you can reasonably sustain. Correct. Or, yeah, sustain, I guess. Right. You, you can't just, you know, play mono four drops. Here's a four drop. Here's a... Here's some cake. Here's Here's some more cake. Another four drop. And we just got, you know, I can't believe it's not uh, Prowess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, this this card certainly, you know, if you play this card, it's not going to be embarrassing. It's still going to be pretty good. Uh, The thing, though, is that if if you're not in a mono-white deck, uh, you're probably only going to be able to really uh, use the ability once per turn. Yeah, probably twice in the late game. In the late game, right. Yeah. So, you know, it's okay. Yeah, for some reason it feels like it should have Vigilance, but that would be really dumb. <laughs> like, all right, yeah, I'm going to Renown, and I'll tap your dudes into it. That would be, well, I mean, I, it would probably still be tough, but, yeah. Well, next card, which draws parallels to one of my favorite cards, is Relic Seeker. And yeah. Relic Seeker is a 2-2 for one and a white, also a human with Renown 1, and when it becomes Renowned, you may search your library for an equipment card, reveal it, and put it into your hand. Shuffle your library. Yeah, and it's got a cheap enough cost to, you know, get under removal and whatnot. Right, and I mean, you know, two for two, two for two is not, you know, not optimal, but it's, it's you know, it's, it's on par, it's very average. Yeah. It's not double white. The ability is very strong. Yeah, as we found out through good old Stoneforge Mystic. And I guess this kind of implies that we're going to get some decent equipment. Correct. There's not anything right now. In standard? In standard. I mean, you know, we'll we'll talk about a piece of equipment later, but, I mean, there's really nothing I can speak of that, you know, would be exciting to go get and to play in Constructed. I mean, there's not even anything, there's not even that many in this set. <laughs> yeah. It's just like total numbers, there's just not that many. Like, Modern Masters had more, had way more than than, than these, you know? Yeah, it feels like there's not even something like a Loxodon Warhammer or something, really, in, in the format. No, it's just, you know, you know, there's, there's a, you know, there's a couple things around that are expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, but... That's about it. Yeah. And, you know, that, that don't do a whole heck of a lot. So, it's, yeah. uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. However, luckily in Cube, we happen to have lots of neat artif- uh, equipments. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things I think is interesting about Relic Seeker is if your opponent or if you play it on turn two or your opponent does, the assumption is, you probably need to kill it. 
Mm-hmm. Or at least it doesn't seem like you can just wait. It's like, I'll take one. And I think that's an interesting thing, I think, about the Renown mechanic is because it boosts, it kind of gets around, you know, using... It makes using your life total as a resource a little bit harder, where you can just go, I'll just take two. I'll just take three, you know, whatever, because it makes the guy a little stronger. Or just like, I'll take two, but you get a sword. Right. And, like, say your opponent... Yeah, say you you play it on turn two. Your opponent probably, if they have, like, a Doomblade or something... Have to get or something, rid of it, right? Yeah, it's like, I'm going to play the game. It's like Persecutor. It's like, does he have it or not? It's like, he probably... Probably like, not playing this card once he has something to go get. Yeah. It's like, your opponent probably isn't that much of a Mog Maniac to play, you know, just this, or they only have one equipment and it's in their hand or something. It's probably not the case. But yeah, I think this card's really good. I had it, somebody had it in like an Aboros Agra deck, and he, he said he liked it. Got, I forget what his equipment package was, probably like a sword and a bone splitter or something. Sure. And it's like, well, that's... Good enough. Yeah, yeah that's definitely good. We definitely learned from Bones, from uh, Stoneforge that one is fine. Correct. I don't know if I'd run the... With Relic Seeker just getting a Bone Splitter, like if that's the only equipment in your deck, but I don't know. I'd it probably try it first. How you have? I mean, what's, yeah. like I said, what's what's better than one Bone Splitter? Uh, three. Right. So <laughs> it might as well always draw it, you know? Yeah. Cards in your deck, you probably want it. Yeah. And, you know, it's if, if it hits and you and you happen to not have it, you know, in your deck... It's still a three, that becomes a three, three for two. Yep. Which is fine. Yeah, it's not bad. So, sure. Yep. Done. Done. Done deal. So, uh, uh you know, there's the, you know, there's a couple other white cards that, that get kind of close. And there's a bunch of cards, too, that are really interesting. You know, there's a, as I'm flipping, you know, through these, there's a, there's a lot of cards that are very neat. Or homages to other cards, yeah. um, like Tragic Arrogance, which is the hey, it's just like Cataclysm, except wait a second. No, no, I mean you you choose, and it costs one more mana, but no land. No lands. You get no land. Keep all your land. I mean, yeah, it's neat that you get to choose the things, but eh. and the fact that the name is Planeswalker too. Oh right, yeah. So I mean, that's a thing too, I guess. Get to keep one of your planeswalkers. So I guess if you're all behind, if you're yeah. if you're playing against the planeswalker magic deck, you get to uh, get to reduce that a little bit. Um, like the the wing mare, it's kind of neat. Yeah, it's just a the, little uh, three mana two one flying Talia. Yeah, glow rider with flying. But yeah. It seems a little too not low impact. Like Thalia's fine. I think I you know, I definitely like Thalia. But it feels like two mana is kind of the sweet spot and it didn't and it's you know, this is of course non legendary because of it feels like it costs three and is non legendary because it feels like two mana would be a bit too oppressive. Right. For non you know, for whatever legacy and modern. Probably right. I guess standard too, but yeah, it's like, alright, I'm playing Thalia. Here's a uh, here's this guy. Here's this guy. He's, yeah, that wouldn't that would not work. I don't know. It feels like a little bit too low impact, but it feels like one of those things that you can 
It feels like there's a lot of those kinds of three mana cards or two or three mana cards in white, where it's like, if you want to combat X strategy, put in this. Sure. Yeah, if, you, if you're finding that for whatever reason, the way your playgroup shakes out, that the uh, white aggressive decks are having trouble with the control decks, you know, or the, the spells matters decks, after, you know, you, you put in all your one drops and, and try that stuff again, and, you know, maybe this is something you try. Yeah. Or maybe Flying. if you're playing a uh, a combo cube, this is a nice little like hate bear type thing, even though it's not a bear, uh, for the storm deck and for those kinds of decks. Yeah, that, that still beats down. So I mean, I think there's I think there's room for this card to see play. I'm just not sure it's going to be in traditional cubes. Yeah, it's not going to be something okay. where if you draft a cube, you assume it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. It's like you've got. Baby Jace, I, I you know would assume that's in a lot of lists or sure. something. Or Volcanic Island, that's a pretty safe assumption. Or Armageddon it or whatever, or Den Protector, but not so much Wingmare. Right. How, how is that word first word pronounced? Like Vryn? Vryn, I assume. Yeah, that's that's a weird one. It's that's like definitely. A, it's kind of like Vroom, but Vryn. Vroom. It's like it's like those little uh, scooters or like the little skinny bikes that go like that that annoying video or gif or whatever it is. Oh, that's so bad. Ago, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. That was that's something. <laughs> <laughs> With a picture of the car. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, so let's talk about blue. So there's a kind of a. I don't know. Calculated dismissal is okay. Not really that great. Yep. Yeah, so it's mana leak plus an Ish. additional. Uh, so it's a three mana counterspell. Uh, but it's, so it's a three mana mana leak. So two and a blue counter target spell unless it's controller pays three. But it has the spell mastery mechanic. The spell mastery mechanic is if there are two or more instant and or sorcery cards in your graveyard. This one says scry two. Yeah. So this is a. Three mana mana leak that you get to scry to after you cast a couple spells. That's not this card. Will, bad. I, I mean, I, I, I'm sure this will see constructive play. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I don't. Which, I think if, I uh, do like it better than like uh, cancel. I don't even know cancels yeah. in the format. Yeah. I mean, or dissipate. Is yeah. dissipate an M whatever the dissipate, last yes. set? Dissipate was was recently. There's okay. also uh, the one you get to scry one as well. Oh, dissolve, right? So it's probably not better than dissolve. Yeah. Um, but it's probably in after that. Yeah. So. I can get behind that. Uh, but for cube, eh. Meh. Like I think, oh, maybe I'm crazy. I think I would rather run the cold snap one than run. I think I'd rather run miscalculation without the cycle than maybe then run this one. Like Rune Snag or something? Yeah, Rune Snag. Because there aren't two mana counter spells. Like two mana, like they, that was like pretty much one of the last ones made that will get any yeah. spell. Like yeah, you get a lot bad. of negates and things like that for two mana, or dissolve, or uh, uh, not dissolve. Um, the one mana counter instant. Oh, dispel. Dispel. Yeah. You know, you'll you'll see those get reprinted, uh, but. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. I haven't I haven't seen Rune Snag in so long. That card's that's a sweet card. Yeah, I kind of like that card. Yeah, it was kind of bad. in the, the spirit of 
hey, here's a small draft format, and look how ridiculous all these cards are when you get a bunch of them in your deck. Not, a, not as much as the 2-1 for 3 that you get to cascade or whatever into uh, more of them. Yeah, it was unfortunately, that was their test on small formats, and that was the last GP St. Louis had. <laughs> so Such sadness. So that was also day 2 of Grand Prix Phoenix. That was, you know... Uh, a little while after I first built my cube was uh, day two cold snap draft. Nice, yeah, that was us too, yeah. So, <laughs> all so right, man. Uh, next one is an homage. It is days undoing, which is two and a blue sorcery. Each player shuffles his or her hand and graveyard into his or her library, then draws seven cards. If it's your turn, end the turn. Yeah. This is the, the attempt, another attempt to fix Time Twister. It is, it is a Time Twister. And I remember there was the, the one that cost five mana, Time Reversal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that did, like, stone nothing in Correct. anything. It's like, oh boy, five mana, Time Twister. No, it's 50, 87 cents median. Right. Poor Time Twister. I mean, Time Reversal. This one is, I, I think, significantly better than that one, just because it's three mana instead of five. So you get to refill your hand and ostensibly have counter spells or something for their turn. Yeah. Well, I guess, oh. God forbid, you could quicken it. Yeah, get that quicken. Wow, Time Reversal was printed twice. Yep. M11, M12. I thought it was just one set, and they were like, this sucks. I guess they, they wanted to make it a thing, and it yep. didn't work. That's Perhaps fine. Again. Yeah, but I, I... Personally, I really like this card. I like I like the Days Undoing. Yeah, this is certainly the the closest I think we've seen of those kinds of cards to be good. Yeah. Because it's the right mana cost, and that means so much. Yeah. And, you know, if you're in blue, hopefully it's, you know, one of the things where you have things to do on your opponent's turn. You know, uh, I don't think there are very many cubable ways to play this on your opponent's turn. Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, let's say Teferi, but you can't, no. No, it's only creatures. Yeah. Yeah, I got nothing. There's probably just like, I don't know, there's probably some cards that I don't care about. Yeah, like that quick. probably do. Yeah, quick and exactly. Stuff like that, but, uh, ooh, you could put this under your shellbox aisle. Oh! Wow. <laughs> wow, I like that. And I like that. I cast it on your opponent's turn. That's beautiful. Like, one of the things I think is inter- like, one of the things I think is interesting about Time Spiral is, Sometimes people who tend people tend to underrate it because it's power, but they get very disappointed because it's not on the same power level as the other cards, like you know moxes or whatever. Uh-huh. So they're like, this card sucks, and it's like, okay, it kind of feels like there's kind of this graph, like a line chart or whatever. It's like their expectation is that it's really high because it's power, and then it goes down because it's not power, and then the disappointment, and then the realization that you know it's still a draw seven. And still refills your hand. It's still a quote unquote free draw seven. Yeah, it still gets you seven cards. And I've heard some I've heard some review you know, people talking about how they don't like it um because it does end the turn. I've uh, one of my favorite kinds of decks to draft is either like blue whatever tempo, like aggressive mm-hmm. decks where you kinda get the aggressive creatures and you get like soft counter magic and sure. whatever denial and card draw to supplement it. And I think it was last week where I drafted this really nice blue-black tempo control deck. Or it was a tempo aggro deck, not tempo control. And I had Days Undoing. 
And for the most part, the drawback didn't really matter. I mean, there's parts of it where you don't get the second wave of it. Mm-hmm. And one of the nice things about Time Twister, for example, is being able to go, you know, you play the last land out of your hand, and then you refill, and you get to play a land, and get to play other stuff, and then say go. So your opponent does get the first crack. Right, they get initiative on the new cards. Yeah, but most of the time you probably should have some kind of counter magic or stuff to do on their turn anyway that you can utilize your mana for. Right, like, oddly enough, this blue color has things to do on your opponent's turn. Yeah, they got, like, um, I'm trying to think of what was in the deck. I had only a little bit of counter magic, like mana leak and remand, and there's stuff like Spellskite and Shackles and Mimic Vat and stuff, but it had stuff to do on the opponent's turn, so it wasn't like I was just, you know... All right, Time Twister, F6, and then, you know, just pass the turn and then do nothing. Because there's stuff you can definitely do. I'm not sure, per se, I mean, of course it's bad in combo decks, but personally, I don't really have that really in mind. Right, not a consideration, necessarily. Yeah, and even if, I, if someone had had a cube which had combo stuff, that's just something it can't do. It's like... Um, right, you just can't cast this and then combo the same turn. You can cast this and combo the next turn. Yeah, or even if you don't play it in your combo deck, it's like, okay, that's fine, then it's still, it loses a fraction of its usability, but it's still good everywhere else. Uh-huh. But yeah, I've definitely been very happy with this card. I think there was one time I had to play it versus like a red aggressive deck, and my hand was terrible, and he had a shrine out, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to YOLO some answer or something, and then drew nothing and died. I was like, well, and, that and, would have done the same thing. Right, and, and interesting, uh, one of these little things in the flavor text that I think is a, a little, not flavor text, reminder text that's interesting is exile all spells and abilities on the stack, including this card. Yeah, so I couldn't snapcast or mage it. I thought I could, and I was like, <laughs> oh, exile it, right, like time stop. Right, cause I was like, oh. It's clearing everything as it resolves, so it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, but I think this card's very good. Right. I definitely love draw sevens, and this feels like a very good one. It also does feel like this might be really sweet in foil. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This would be really nice in foil. Yeah, I'm definitely a big fan of this of Days Undoing. I love Time Spiral as well, or Time Twister as well. But mm-hmm. I think Days Undoing is very, very good. Yeah, I think it's certainly the best analog to it that we've seen. So yeah, yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm certainly down to try it. That's for sure. Nice. All right. Let's see here. Uh, next card is Harbinger of the Tides. That's it. Sorry, yeah. I, I got I got stuck on Disciple of the Ring a little bit. Oh, there you go. I was kind of looking at it for a second. Um, Harbinger of the Tides, which is a Merfolk Wizard. It's a two-two for blue-blue. <laughs> you may cast it as though it had Flash if you pay two more to cast it. And when it enters the battlefield, you may return target tapped creature and opponent controls to its owner's hand. Yeah. Again, I love Blue Tempo and this card. I actually had it... It was funny because when I built this blue... When I drafted this blue-black Tempo deck, I didn't have time to proxy this or Despoiler of Souls or whatever, the double-black 3-1. And I was like, man, that card would have been so good in this deck. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this card... Man, that's... This card's really sweet. Yeah, even in just non-tempo decks, just as, like, some... Like, yes, it's worse than Venser if you cast it for four mana, but it has other modes, too. You can cast it for two. I mean, it feels like sometimes flexibility is understated sometimes. Sure. 
like burst lightning, like if that same metric was used, it would be like burst lightning's bad because it just shocks. And then if you pay five, it's like bad lightning blast. So then why would you play two bad cards? It's like, well, as it turns out, right, being able to do good. both is is good. And that's the thing that's nice about this too is that. Uh, it, it plays very well in multiple different styles of decks. Uh, I mean, even against an aggro deck, you know, they're like, uh, attack you with this one drop, and you're like, okay, pick it up on turn two. Yeah, and I had that happen, I think. Somebody attacked me with, like, a jackal pup, and then some other red one drop was like, bounce this, block this, and I was like, before blocks, kill it. And I was like, oh, well, if you didn't have it. <laughs> yeah, just or just on turn two, you're just like, here, bounce this thing, go. Yeah, and now they have to, you know, they're losing the tempo to have to recast it, and then wait a turn to attack with it again, and you have a two-two blocker, which also plays well into master waves. I was about to say like blue, that. yeah, like if you have devotion. blue devotion cards, it's yeah. it's nice there too. But even without it, I'm still I'm still quite a fan. It's just that yeah, just one of those extra things. Yeah, this card's sweet, and it's yeah. uh, the fact that blue two-drop creatures, not super strong. So it does fit a nice uh, niche. niche there, yeah, for sure. I'm definitely. I mean, granted, you can't uh, cast it with flash for two for mana. Two. You have to do it for four. Sure. But personally, I'm. I tend to like playing Snapcaster Mage as a two-one Death Touchless Ambush Viper than a lot of pe- than a lot of other people seem to be. <laughs> like I think in that blue black deck, I had. I didn't even realize this until after the draft, but I only had two cards to play the flashback. Oh, right. So you're like, eh? And I'm just like, it's a two-drop, right? All right, sweet. Get there. <laughs> or I once think... in a while we'll cast something. I, I think the uh, I think the Merfolk decks are drooling at the this potential of this card in Modern. Yeah, especially you get to replace... You get to put uh, Tidebinder Mage in the sideboard where it probably belongs... And then just put a a good two drop there. Well, and you get to you know activate your aether vial and put this into play. Yeah, that's really at good instant too. speed. <laughs> so that's really nice. All right. Yeah. Awesome. That, yeah, I think it's, this uh, it's a winner for me. Mm-hmm. All right. Of, uh, Speaking of two drops. Yeah. Jace Vren's prodigy. Yeah. Hey, there you go. There's Vren again. Speaking of which, do you ever those uh the mage rings in Jace's world, wherever I guess it's Rin. Yes. Do you ever think of the rings from Superman sixty four when you see them? No, I think of Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh yeah, that was actually that was actually a good game, unlike Superman sixty four, which was (laughs) terrible. (laughs) I don't know. I just picture like a hedgehog running across them and around them and going through and hearing. <laughs> yeah. Picking up all the rings on the way through. Anyway, because you know the double ring. Pun oh yeah, there, there you go. Uh, ah. All right, so uh, so Jace is uh, is a one and a blue for a zero two human wizard. Tap him to draw a card, then discard a card. If there are five or more cards in your graveyard, flip him, exile, yeah. and bring him back as Jace Telepath Unbound. Which is a whopping five loyalty starting. Yeah. Uh, plus one, up to one target creature gets minus two, minus zero until your next turn. Negative three, you may cast target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard this turn. 
If that card would be put into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. And minus nine, you get an emblem with whenever you cast a spell, target opponent puts the top five cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. Yeah. So it's essentially Merfolk Looter with some differences. Right, it's a zero two Merfolk Looter. Yeah, and it which can. Which is actually a card, I think. I can't remember name of what it is. Yeah, it's probably just some random thing or something. Like, uh, probably like some cephalid or something. Cephalid ink blotter. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably it or something. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds exactly right. Oh, there's a 2-1 Cephalid. Yeah, I don't know. The Cephalids are 2-2. Uh, Brokers are 2-2 two, two that draw 2, discard 2. And the other one's a 2-1 that draws 1, discards 1. Okay. Yeah, I have I have no idea. Cards are but... really good in that limited format, let me tell you. Oh, yeah, in Odyssey. Jeez. Cephalid yeah. Looter, Cephalid Broker. Oof. That seems good. Yeah, those cards are really good. Anyway, sorry. Back wow. to Jace. Yeah, I, I like this card a lot. I mean... One thing I think is interesting, and I've heard some negative, you know, people not liking it because you may not, you may just want to loot and not flip it, which, I mean, that's, that's a thing. That's, okay. That's All a negative. Right. I mean, that's fine. But I, it's not a may. Yeah. And I think that's put in the story on purpose because, like, the Planeswalkers, like, had some moment well, of duress happen. Right. Yeah, it had some moment, and then, you know, they kind of involuntarily had their spark, and then we're like, woo. So, I mean, one thing I found interesting is there was, like, the blue-black blue, te- blue black control deck, which had it, you know, that was that was quite good. Well, in 3-0, so it couldn't have been bad. I asked him how it was after the draft, and he said most of the time it was just a looter. Uh-huh. That, you know, had the potential to do that. Like, there's certainly interesting things you can do with it, like, uh, if they have a removal spell, you can flip it and, you know, turn it into Jace Telepath Unbound, which is cool. Or you can block some large dude without trample and then transform him into Jace. Right. You know, that. So there's definitely some nice upsides. But it kind of feels like one of those effects where the base mode may have been a bit shy for cubes, but give it a little bit extra and then suddenly it's good, like... Like Burst Lightning. Right. And I guess you, you could say, like, well, Burst Lightning, you know, direct damage is always good where a looter may not necessarily be. But, I mean, I think it's... That effect still seems really good for a lot of blue decks. Mm-hmm. And I think it's... I remember when I first saw it, you know, I think it was when the the black-on-black versions were spoiled, like that Nissa right, right. and Chandra. And I was like, what? What? Granted, it was also pretty late at night, and I was like, what? I don't even know. The, the planes, the flip side seems okay. I mean, it's extra benefit, and I think, like, the plus one's pretty cool for, like, trading scenarios. Mm-hmm. It protects itself okay, but it has five loyalty, so it protects itself that way. Yeah, five's a lot. Yeah, and what a nice thing you can do is kind of go, like, a Johnny Vengeant, where you can just go, plus... And then minus minus kill it, and if you do that, especially for a two mana card, that's that's some value. So yeah, I I definitely like this guy. I never thought I'm gonna put a sword on Jace, but 
here we are. <laughs> That's the universe we're living in. Right. But yeah, I like I like this card. It seems very good. And like in that deck, it was nice. And like you know those kind of blue tempo decks that I seem to love drafting, I would have put it there too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's a good one. Also, I'm guessing, I don't know Adam Prosak's feelings on this card. Like if I was to have him sign it, feel like. This card, this card's terrible. Okay, or this card's amazing. So had a, a a kind of a funny Twitter conversation, uh, a brief Twitter conversation about this card, where uh, I, I can't. It was the card that Melissa the Taurus spoiled, and he said it was his second favorite card in the set. The card she spoiled when uh, Kenny uh, asked um, what his favorite card is. I said hello. There's a two man. There's a Murpha Gluter in the set that turns into a Planeswalker. And yeah. He's like, oh yeah, duh, my bad. <laughs> Adam replied with, "That's actually not my favorite card in the set." What? To which I replied, "I don't even know you anymore." Yeah. What? What's going on here? So <laughs> sell out. I'm not calling call sellouts. So I, I thought that was a uh, an amusing <laughs> exchange That's- there. So. That's funny. Yeah, I would have totally thought he would be like... Yeah, oh, I'm sure he still likes card. it. Oh, I'm sure he still likes it. But, uh, yeah, apparently apparently not not that much. Not as much as some other cards. So... Yeah. Uh, what, the, what, what has the world become? It is. It's like, next thing it's in his next... It'll be like Cats and dogs right? living together? Mass hysteria? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's that's so crazy. I don't even know what to think anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, well. While you're deciding what to think, let's. Uh, I will talk about Whirler Rogue. Oh, Almost said Whirler Rouge. <laughs> oh no, yeah. Not Rouge. No. It's Rogue. Uh, which is one of these nice uh, triple triple creature types. So yeah. it is a two two for a two blue blue, who is a human rogue artificer. When he enters the battlefield, put two one-one colorless Thopter artifact creature tokens with flying onto the battlefield. Tap two untapped artifacts you control. Target creature can't be blocked this turn. Yeah. So I four think, power for four. Yeah, that's not bad. Blink abusable. By abusable, I mean you can you know, get more can, effects when it. Yeah, you can blink it. <laughs> tap into it, or you know if it gets imprinted on like. Uh, uh, Mimic Fat. Mimic Fat, thank you. I've been... I, I, I kept... I, I, I almost said uh, Soul Foundry. I'm like, no, the new no. one. I, like... I've recently started to fall back in love with Mimic Fat lately. Mm-hmm. I remember in in that Blue Black Tempo deck I kind of, I had on my deck, and my opponent had a Venser that was in play, and I think I played Mimic Vat, and I forget how. Oh, he stole it with Shackles, and then I was like, attack into your Tassiger. And he's like, block? I'm like... So weak. I was like... Oh, okay. Put it under the vat. He's like, okay. I'm like, all right. <laughs> we're we're good now. Yeah, it was. But yeah, I I feel like it was kind of odd where blue, the color that has opposition, had mm-hmm. like one good token maker. I guess two, uh, Maloku and uh, Master Waves. Yeah. But it was kind of like, oh. I guess that's it. That's kind of awkward. And it's nice having another one. And even being able to use the ability right when it comes into play to make target creature unblockable. 
Like, mm. that's cool. Mm-hmm. I do wonder if it's going to be a victim of competition, like with those white ones, but it feels like this has a better chance than something like Kithian's Irregulars. Sure. No, I, I absolutely agree with that statement. Yeah. Uh, although it's not super exciting to look at, I, I think it's probably better than I think it is. Uh, I feel like it's probably going to... But I, I don't... I, I can't... I don't have an, an accurate read on... on in cube, what I would be doing with my with my four drops, or you know, in, in somewhere in that area where it makes this guy good, because this is certainly a a more aggressive minded card. Yeah. Than you know something like opposition, even though it plays obviously very well with opposition. Uh, even though you do get a bunch of blockers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blockers, so I guess there's there's that. So. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how to feel about this. I feel like it's close. Yeah, I've definitely played my share of Cloud Goat Rangers and kind of dirtily white control decks. Mm-hmm. Just because it makes so many dudes. Yeah. And this seems not a bad version of that. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. And they fly, which is nice. Right, Let's right. put some pants on it. Right. Good old pants. If, if you like it, then you better put some pants on it. There you go. It's a rogue for, uh, what's that ability? Prowess? Or not prowess, prowl. Prowl. Yeah. With lots of prowl cards. Totally. (laughs) Alright, so I guess that's all the blue cards. The rest of them are just kind of meh. Like, Thopter Spy Foundry Network seems, I don't know, it seems like it could be good as like like a weird dude ranch. Mm -hmm. That kind of, like, most of the time... I think it's a safe assumption that if you're putting this in a deck, you probably power it out with a Signet or a Mana Rock or something. Right, and you're going to be playing this, then attacking them with something to draw your card, ideally yeah. to replace it. So that's not terrible, but yeah, competition. And Mizium Medler, I typed it M-E-H-D-D-L-E-R because that's clever and something. Oh. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's all the blue cards. Black. I like how Send to Sleep looks almost exactly like the... Uh, Sleep? The no no no. It's a card with uh Phil Folio art. Where it's oh, got a, sleeping potion? Is that what it is? Or it was apathy. Yeah, I used to like that card, like that art. Yeah, apathy. I'm pretty sure it's. With that. it's got like the Minotaur and a bunch of people like pass out on the table. It's definitely a blue card. Yeah, yeah, I think it's apathy. Yeah, yeah, because that's a folio art. I miss the folios. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, well, no, no, ap- no, that's not the one I'm thinking of. Sleeping Potion is the, but that's not a folio one. It's the. Uh, I thought it was maybe it, maybe Sleeping Potion is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, Darren Bader. Let me see. Did that art, and it's like a Minotaur is passed out. Right, there's like a Minotaur passed out on the table. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that art a little bit. Yeah. There's, there's certainly something else I'm thinking of though, that looks like that. I'll, maybe I'll see if I can find it. I, I remember there were another there being another art with like. I don't know. It looks really familiar to me. Hmm. Tickles, tickles something in the uh, in the old memory banks. But anyway, I'm trying to look under folio and blue cards. Yeah, I, I'm probably just mixing, conflating multiple things. What's this? Now, Sigil of Sleep has the archer, the Metathran archer guy. I thought I remember there being something. Maybe it is Sleeping Potion that I'm thinking of, but 
man, I kind of remember there being something else with multiple people passed out on a table. Yeah. And I can't think of what it is, because as soon as I saw the artwork, I was like, ooh, that's just like short circuit sounds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, nope, can't think of what it is. Nope. I was thinking like Brawl from Masks, which is everything gains tap to tap. Oh. <laughs> and that that's not that at all. Oh, oh well, I'll, uh, if I don't think of it, oh, well, maybe. Yeah. But the Sleeping Potion certainly seems towards that end. Mm-hmm. It's certainly yeah. a big part of it there, because they all do have uh, drinks as well. Yeah. So, anyway, sorry. Y'all are going to sleep. Sleep. Still blade. Oh, God, that card was so man. good and limited. Sleep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like... And... Nope. It's like, oh, God. So dead. Yep. All right. Next card. Let's talk about black cards. Yeah. Uh, and the first card we have here is Demonic Pact. Yeah. Okay. So this is an awesome design for a card. It is a four-mana enchantment. It is two black-black. At the beginning of your upkeep, choose one that hasn't been chosen. Uh, Demonic Pack deals four damage to the target creature or player, and you gain four life. Target opponent discards two cards, draw two cards, and you lose the game. Yeah. So what do I want to choose? <laughs> so I wonder what the last mode is going to be. Uh, I might be lose. So gives you enough time to try to draw your Platinum Angel. Yep, there you go. Well, it is four cards. Or four turns. Right, and yeah. two extra. <laughs> so, but you can't cast it that last turn. Anyway, uh, so this is a really cool card, especially with all the history. I don't think I like it that much for cube. No, it's... It seems... Ironically, it seems, like, too slow. Doesn't seem like it does enough. Yeah, and I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of the right order that you would do it. Like, probably draw two, drain, f- or probably draw two, then either one of the, either drain four and then discard. I'm not sure which one I'd rather do. Well, I think the drain is going to be dependent on if there is a creature threatening to kill you. Yeah. Because if there's not, then it can wait. That's true, yeah. Until the next to last one. Unless you're using the four life for something, like if you have a bargain or something in play. Yeah, and you're really living on the edge if you're playing that deck. You've got YOLO tattooed I mean, probably multiple times. Sometimes you just gotta get them. Sometimes you gotta YOLO. But yeah, I don't know. This, I, I don't, and you have to wait till your upkeep, but I guess that's understandable. Sure. But I don't know. I'm probably just scared, but it just seems like it's, it doesn't seem like it's really worth it. You know, it just doesn't seem like it's worth that payoff. Right. Like, you 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 draw two, which is good, and then after that, like, you got to win. Like, and most of the time, you assume, you know, it's like it kind of, when you play your four drops and, like, your aggressive deck, and I assume this is only for either an aggressive deck or a deck that has a lot of bounce slash ways to get rid of it, mm-hmm. like Smokestack or something. But, yeah, I, or, like, Disenchant or something, but, yeah, I just, I don't know. It may be one of those cards that you just play with a bunch of, you know, Inox Survivalists or something to get value out of it. You know, where you just, like, draw two and then have, like, three disenchants to back it up or something. But I don't know if that's really worth it. That just doesn't seem that good. Right, it just seems risky. 
Yeah. For, for, for not enough reason. Yeah. Which is kind of unfortunate, because that card, design-wise, is so good. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I think I think Dark Petition's another card that's designed really well. Mm-hmm, yeah. Five mana tutor that you then get to, uh... What's his name? Dark you can Dark Red. Or whatever afterwards. Yeah. That's another card that's like, oh, that's really cool. I don't think I want to play this card, you know? Yeah. Those, so, uh, what about... Uh, the Spoiler of Souls. I think that card's really good. I surpri- That card seems to be getting less attention than I would think. All right, so the Spoiler of Souls is a 3-1 for black-black. So that's a pretty good pretty good start. Uh, Camp Lock, which is Man. pretty typical of these type of black aggressive cards. And then black-black, exile two other creature cards from your graveyard to return it from the graveyard to the battlefield. Yeah. I think this card's very good in those kind of black aggressive decks. Yeah. Because realistically, you're probably only going to be able to do it once, maybe twice in a game. Uh-huh. And that's probably fine. Like, a lot of the times when you're playing aggressive decks, you're you're wanting to use all of your resources. You know, get everything out of the pig except the oink or whatever, how that phrase goes. I guess, is that how it goes? Like, everything but the squeal? <laughs> I don't know. I- I have not heard this before. Why am I talk- why am I the brown guy talking about American idioms? <laughs> you were talking about pigs nonetheless. I know, right? Everything but the squeal. I'm gonna Google this. <laughs> it's like rocket surgery and nobody knew what I was talking about. I'm like, are you kidding? Well, because that's a mixed I'm I'm pretty sure that's just a mixed metaphor that turned into its own thing. I assumed it was the it was a joke that was kind of like rocket is making fun of this isn't rocket science, it's not Right, right. Brain surgery, brain rocket surgery. science, right. That's what I mean, it's like a mixed you know pseudo-mixed metaphor that, you know, considering that the metaphors mean the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, I, 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 hear, I see something that they use everything of the pig except the squeal. Yeah. This means yeah. part of the pig is used by the meat industry. Yeah. Yeah, just using all the resources, you know, just like, I'll use this. Yeah. I, I didn't I think it was... That's the first time I've heard that. Really? You're hearing from me nonetheless. What's what's going on? I don't, I don't understand. But yeah, it's like the aggressive guys are just like... crumbling around me. Prozac doesn't like looter. <laughs> That's not his favorite car. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's up and what's down anymore. I'm telling you about Oink and the Pig or whatever. It doesn't even make sense. But yeah, it's kind of like where they just use every resource. It's like, all right, I'm going to sacrifice these two mountains to fire blast you. I'm going to do this to get a counter on my shrine. I'm going to sacrifice this thing to do this. Or, you know, it's just a lot of resource utilization because, you know, you got to win the early stages of the game, so it feels like, at least personally, it feels like those decks tend to want to utilize their resources more very efficiently. Mm-hmm. And, like, sure, black decks can use their graveyards, but sometimes they just don't. Like, sometimes you just get a gnarled Scarhide in the graveyard, and it's not doing anything. Right. It's just like, yep, all right, it's so you might like, as well yeah, turn... Free, free, free one back in the play. Yeah, and if it attacks, like, if, it, if you regrow it once... It's probably done its job. And I guess there's some... Like, it's worse than Bloodgast. Okay, that's fine. Not everything's Bloodgast. Sure. That's, that's a fair assumption. Bloodgast is a very, very good card. Yeah, as it turns out, it's not... Probably not as... You know, it's not as good. But, I mean, whatever. That's fine. But, yeah, I think this card's very good. Like, you get multiple... Get everything but the squeal out of the... Out of the... Whatever... <laughs> Out of Devil's Souls. All right. 
I don't know. So, so are you on board? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I and I'm always, I always like looking for black cards to help push the attacking black decks, and to you know to to use those resources available to them, um, which is you know also why I I think I wanted to try Gurmag Angler as well. Yeah, and I think I'm going to give that guy a to, try just to try to find ways to push the black attacking decks. Because if there's one archetype, one of the archetypes that people, you know, will constantly say doesn't work, I, you know, as the more we get, the more I want to try to make it work. Now, it's turning into, uh, which is why I added Grey Merchant, it's turning into almost like a black devotion art- archetype. Mm-hmm. Aggressive decks. There's lots of black mana symbols. So, uh, which is why I, I do kind of like, if you really wanted to push it, I guess you could add the black, 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 you know, reverse Phyrexian Negator. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the thing with that card is it's... That's so much. Yeah, you only play that in mono black, and that's it. And it's like, it's kind of like we were talking about before, when you were saying the only deck that wanted those cards were that, and it felt like you, you had to have, like, the nut deck right, to even make it worth it. you had to have all the pieces to make the right, the black mana, uh, Swamps Matters decks do anything. Thing. Yeah. So speaking of black mana symbols. Yeah. Erebos another is one. Good old Erebos's Titan. So Erebos's Titan is a five five for a one black black black. So it trips black in the cost. Uh, it is a giant. As long as your opponents control no creatures, Erebos's Titan has indestructible. And whenever this is this is an interestingly worded and flavor wise ability. Whenever a creature card leaves an opponent's graveyard, you may discard a card. If you do, return it from your graveyard to your hand. Yeah, that is such weird wording. So I'm, just, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what the flavor of it is. I'm sure it's, you know, because he controls the Erebos is the god of the dead, and when, you know, something leaves, something returns, and I... yeah. yeah. I'm trying to figure out how exactly that works, but the fact that it's when things are removed is interesting because then it'll trigger off of people delving and and and, and doing those persists and, uh, and right. So you know, persist or uh, undying. Yeah. So or, you know, something gets reanimated, I guess. Yeah, that too. Like if you. If you really want to get their reanimation things, it's like, oh, here's my... Although, if they're reanimating something, they probably don't care about a 5-5. Right, or, you know, I guess Sun Titan Trigger. Oh, yeah. You could get it back, I guess. There you go. But it's, you know, Sun Titan's still bigger than your guy, and you have to recast them. I don't know. It's kind of an interesting way to word that, and I'm sure uh, time will tell exactly why it is that way. Um, So what do you think about this one? I, I feel like it. I remember hearing some good opinions on it from people I generally trust, but it's, it's weird. It's very weird mana cost. It, I'm not sure if, like, Geralt's Messenger, it feels like you're getting rewarded for the triple black cost. Like, you pay triple black, you get a 3 2 with Undying, and you're hitting him for 2. Like, you're getting. You're certainly getting paid for the triple black. Mm. I don't know if you're necessarily getting paid for the 5-5. Five five. Mm-hmm. Granted, if they were like the mono dirtle deck and they have no creatures, then hooray, you have something indestructible. Right, like how are they ever going to deal with this guy? 
Yeah, they just... They have to I mean, exile I, it in some way, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, some exile stuff, and but, like... Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know if you're really getting paid for it, you know? Or it's, like, a card like Obliterator, which is much more restrictive. But then again, that only really goes in one deck. Like, this can conceivably go into, like, Black X Control or something, or Black sure. X Midrange. Mm-hmm. But, like, this, I don't... I don't know. It feels like I want to like this more than it probably do. Right. I, that's a, that's a, uh, a good statement, because I always feel like... I feel like I really want to like this card... But I don't know why I would like it a whole lot. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. oh man, this card looks really cool and it's great artwork and it's and then man, it's a five five and it's indestructible and, and uh, what? Wait, what? Like, yeah, uh, what am I doing? You know? Like the rails fall off. It's like, uh, I don't like, know. I don't know why I would want this. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh. So yeah, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a pass for me, yeah. and I think mainly why it's gonna be a pass for me is that even in this set, I think there is a four drop that I want to play. Yeah. Foreshadowing. Right, as it so turns <laughs> out. Languish. Oh, languish. Well, I guess that's that's a four that's a four cost spell. Yeah. Two and two black black. Sorcery. All creatures get minus four, minus four till end of turn. Yeah. Very simple. This card's really good. Yes. This I, card is very, very good. I remember, like, the person in the blue-black control deck had, and I'm like... I think I whispered in his ear, because I didn't want the opponent to know what he had in his hand. I'm like, so, so hey, how'd you like... Of course, I don't feel like whispering, because I'm lazy. It's like, hey, how did you like that card? That that one There's like, language? I'm like, dude, I didn't want to spoil it. He's like, he already saw it game, whatever. Oh, like, okay. oh. I'm like, oh, dang. But yeah, I guess there's... It can't kill Titans and Tassiger and whatever. Just just play with them. Right. That's, As you know, a drawback. Out, right. As it turns out, you can uh, play it alongside of your Siege Rhino or your Tassiger or your, you know, Gurmag Angler or your... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Doomstalker or Tombstalker, or you know, there there are ways. Alternatively, you could just kill everything. And there yeah, are you could just, yeah that, just kill everything. And there are certainly some things that this kills that others do not. That, yeah, like uh, you know, cards necessarily that have indestructible. You know, then they may while it's not so much a cube thing. Oh, kills Kithian. So uh, show sure uh. <laughs> sure enough does that does. Yeah, I think this card's it has definitely its strengths and weaknesses over Damnation, but I think instead I think it just complements them very well. Right. Like it felt like for a very long time there was just Damnation and that's it. There was no really other good rats. It's like, well, that's right. that's it. Go over the top for like the Cree of Pain or something like that, but Yeah, it felt like there was a lot of like third-rate ones like uh Force of March. Yeah, or like um, overwhelming forces or whatever. Just a lot of like bane of the living. I guess wasn't bad. It's was just kind of expensive, but it's not. I don't know. It's a little expensive to just be a pure wrath. And uh, what was that lice finale? Was another one that cost way too much mana. Oh right, and then uh, we got five mana, and then you get to t- take two cards out of their deck. It's six. Oh, 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 okay, six mana. Yeah, yeah. 
And then we got Deluge, which was, you know, a nice yeah. element to it. And I was like, okay, we have, this might be the best Wrath in Cube slash Magic. And Toxic now we have this. Yeah, I yeah, don't think it's better than Toxic Deluge, but this card's certainly very... I, I think this card's certainly very good. Yeah, I think this complements those very well. And I don't know if Cubes will need another Black Wrath, but this supplements the other two extremely well. Yep, and, you know, I'm down. My cube's yeah. big enough. I could support another one. I, you know, I, I think I still like this more than uh, the one that both players sacrifice two creatures. Oh, Barter and Blood? Yeah. yeah. I think I like this card better than that card uh, just because of the, the nature of things. I mean, there are certainly times where that one would be better as well. But um, I kind of like where this is, and I kind of like you know, how black creatures are positioned to survive this. Mm-hmm. So, I like it. I'm kind of surprised there aren't many wraths that just give minus toughness. Oh, right, so you can, like, kill guys, but if you're a survive, you can bash for a ton? Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that why. hasn't happened, <laughs> but it's probably just because it also just very similar to damage, too. It's like, what separates this from... Deal four to everything. Oh right, there you go. Right, and it's against the flavor too, right? Like if yeah. you're if you're getting weaker, then you're getting weaker. You're you can't punch as hard. I was about to say you just can't punch as hard. Yeah. Right. If if you're weaker, you can't punch as hard either. So there's also um, like Black Sun Zenith. I forgot oh, yeah, Black, Black Sun Zenith. Zenith. Sure. And it was just I. It kind of felt like it was against itself. Like you wanted your creatures to survive, but they got weaker after it. And it was just felt like it was also just very inefficient, too. Like, I mean, it wasn't bad. Like, it could scale, which was nice, and it would shuffle, which was nice. But it just didn't really feel... It just wasn't very efficient a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, say you have Etasigur, and you're like, okay, I'm going to... Your opponent's on Mono Bayloths or something. It's like, okay, I'll Black Sun Zenith for four. And then I guess you have the O1, which can do stuff, but... And granted, there is also a board state where we would want to, you know, scar their their team. But it's, I don't know, just Blacks and Zenith, I just never really got on that. I never was super happy about that card. I, I like it a lot. I, I do. And there are, certain, there are situations that it gets you out of that other cards would not be able to get you out of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just recently in uh, at GP Vegas... I was I was playing a game uh, and I managed to grant it. I died the next turn, but I was able to force a position where I could Green Sun Z or Black Sun Zenith for six and basically mm-hmm. kill everything uh, on the board. And that I, there was there was some reason where the fact that it was scalable, I was able to use it once in the early game, and then I wound up redrawing it and able to to induce a production of a lot of 6-6s. Six I think mm-hmm. there's an ultimate on uh, one of the Garricks. That makes oh, yeah, five-mana Garrick. Yeah, and I yeah. uh, was able to jump through a couple hoops and get it done, and then they just drew the next card, and like, oh, by the way, here it is, you're dead. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, well, yeah. so much for all that work. But that, that, that card has put in a lot of work for me in a lot of games, even, you know, Against like a bunch of two two, sometimes just casting it for one just buys you so much time. Yeah, because it's a permanent. And that's the thing about it; it's the permanent minus one minus one, not just the one turn, which is what makes it uh, worthy for me. Yeah. 
So, but I like it, and I like this card. So there you go. There you go. Okay. So the next card is another one of these uh, lovely flip cards, which is Liliana Heretical Healer, which is yep. a two three for a one for a two three. Human Cleric for one black black with lifelink. Whenever another non-token creature you control dies, uh, she transforms, um, and you also get a 2-2 zombie, in addition to her becoming Liliana Defiant Necromancer, which is a three uh, loyalty planeswalker, has a plus two of each player discards a card, which you know puts it up to five, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, minus X, return target non-legendary creature with converted mana cost X from your graveyard to the battlefield. And then minus 8, you get an emblem with whenever a creature dies, return it to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next end step. Yeah, that's... I like it. Yeah, this card is sweet. It kind of makes it like, uh, you know, sacrifice shenanigans aside... It makes combat pretty awkward for your opponent. It's like, I'm going to attack with this... Whatever. Whatever this 2-2 guy. It's like, would you like to block? (laughs) Nope. Okay, (laughs) you take two. Right. And granted, your opponent's not going to play bad magic, but it kind of puts them in weird scenarios sometimes where, you know, they probably just want to kill Liliana instead of whatever else may be more threatening, possibly. Like, uh, whatever, if they have an Ophiomancer, like, that's a pretty interesting board state. It's like, do would you rather kill Ophiomancer? <laughs> Just gonna keep making snakes? And, and, uh, plus two is, it, the fact that plus two is pretty huge, and you can just kind of ride the wave, for lack of better terms. Because mm-hmm. it feels like, despite creatures like Titans having really good enter the battlefield triggers, it feels like we're starting to get some at the lower cost as well. Mm-hmm. Like a uh, reclamation sage and whatnot, so it isn't that hard to really kind of just go plus two, minus three, get a thing, you know, start you know grinding advantage out that way. Or if you just go mono plus and then get the emblem, and that makes combat real awkward. I had I actually did that once when I played it. It makes combat just all right. So I have <laughs> I have all these things attacking into your things. Blocking will not go well for you. Right. But yeah, I, I'm, I think she's good. We've talked before about how black threes have been kind of meh. Right, historically until pretty recently. Yeah. Not exactly uh, a stellar position. Yeah, they've been kind of like, all right, um, hippie. Or something, it's just kind of like things that are okay. Right, it was like a, right, a, a lot of hypnotic specter... Uh, and then, you know, we had our 2-2 draw card, lose a life. Um, oh, Rager? Yeah, like Frixian Rager. And then we got, like, Vampire Nighthawk, and it was like, yes! Yeah. Finally. And then, you know, we've had a, a, a couple more since then, uh, one of which well, I think is criminally underplayed by people, which is the uh, 3-1, that you get to look at their hand and take a green or white creature out of it. Oh, uh... The zombie life bane zombie, life yeah, zombie. that card. That's is, pretty good. It's really good, but uh, I, I think this certainly can. There's certainly some three drops that can uh, 
that can go, or maybe even some four drops that can go for this card, because it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, the fact that you can, it doesn't work with tokens is, I mean, that's fine. It's a little bit of a feel bad, but that's fine. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, it's a feel just bad, but it. it's a, it's a needs to be that way, or else it would get real dumb. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. If, if you just can go, okay, here's my... I'm amused that it's a return non-legendary creature card, because she can't bring her brother back to life. Yeah? Well, well is, her, legendary. is her brother a no, legendary he, creature? No, but he has a name, and he's a person. But that's why it's it's non-legendary, because she tries to... She, you know... She can't bring turns her back. brother into a zombie. Yeah, I, oh, I thought you meant just because she can't bring herself back. No, no, she... Like in the storyline, she turns her... She tries... Her brother is dying from this disease. She tries to save him and basically turns him into a... Basically turns zombie. him into a zombie. Yeah. I kind of I, th- I kind of thought he would have some other abilities. He was like, very powerful. Yeah. More than a 2-2. Yeah, I was about to say, I thought he'd be, like, a bigger... A bigger... That's a key word. <laughs> a bigger creature than a 2-2. Sure. But, but nope. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's still fine. It doesn't enter the battlefield tapped, which it seems like right, Wizards which is another was doing for a while. Protect. Right. Right, with all the all the two two tokens were coming into play tapped. That's right. Uh, yeah, but it's you know once again it's another another way to protect her after she flips or protect mm-hmm. you. So pretty cool. Yeah, pretty I'm definitely cool. I'm definitely a fan. All right, and uh, ooh, Nantuko Husk got reprinted, huh? Yeah, as an as a common, it's back at common. Huh. Yeah, Murrow's an uncommon for a bit. I know, like Blood Baron and whatever. Oh, and Flushbag Marauder, huh? Yeah, with the uh, speed versus cunning art. Yeah, that's a creepy artwork, man. Yeah. Well, the old one was kind of... That was something. <laughs> the old art. Yeah, huh. All right, so uh, I think the last black card we should talk about... Oh, Read the Bones, huh? Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Revenant getting reprinted at Uncommon? Sure. Uh, yep, that's an Uncommon. People were clamoring for that card to come back. Um, Sorry. Uh, so the last card is Priest of the Blood Rite. Yep, that's right. Uh, <laughs> so Priest of the Blood Rite is a 5-mana 2-2, so it's a 3-black-black human card. However, when it enters the battlefield, put a 5-5-black demon creature token with flying onto the battlefield, and at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose 2 life. Yep. So you're getting seven power for five mana, five of which is a gigantic flyer, and you have some drawback, but you also enable some reanimation, blink, whatever you want to call it, shenanigans of constantly big stream of five fives. Yeah. One thing I think is interesting about it being a two-two and having, like, your opponent's obviously going to want to kill the five-five. Sure. Unless they put you on some kind of blink strategy, which... Most of the time, even if that's the case, I would make them just be like, okay, I'd still just do it. And if that happens, then okay, that's fine. But I think it's interesting is like, I guess because of the two life drain, it makes blocking kind of awkward for your opponent. You just attack, you're just mono attacking with these guys, with both the 2-2 and the Mm 5-5. Even if you suicide it, you're no longer taking damage. Right, unless you need it to block and the two life is less than what it's going to block. Yeah, like if they have a worm coil engine or something, it's like all right. Right, or you just or you just trading it with something, you know? There's something you're willing to trade it with. 
it becomes that whole uh, what's his name dynamic of uh, what was the common uh, uh, it was stab wound. Oh yeah. Good so it's this, this dynamic of do I want them to keep this creature to keep taking the life, or do I need to just attack into it and let them get rid of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love how and it got shifted as an uncommon in M- in Magic 2015 for good reason because that card was good. Yeah, because that card was real dumb at common. Yeah, I was like, okay. So you have a little bit of tension for that thing. I don't know. I. I don't know how to feel about this. I feel like if I'm, if I if I want to stay away from playing too many planeswalkers, I feel like this is a very this could be a a analog for Obnixilis planeswalker. Yeah. That you can put in and still get your five five flying demons, but if you're trying to keep like planeswalker numbers down, uh, for for whatever reason, that this could be a similar type effect where you have an ability mm-hmm. to create multiple five fives. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about this card. Yeah, I, I feel like it's maybe not quite good enough, but I don't know. Five five flyer for, I mean, I'm trying to think of like how many five, like what my five drop creatures are, like the large flying ones. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of this as something I would like to have in its place. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really, I really don't know about this card because I, I never wound up putting Shadowborn Demon in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never wound up putting that one in. Uh, and I kind of like the five four. That's the, the draw cards. Oh, Bloodgift Demon. Yeah. I, I've certainly liked that card. Um, but I, I, I feel like this card fits somewhere around that power level. Um, yeah. you, you are getting, you know, seven, seven power for five mana, which is pretty good. Um, I don't know. What are you, what are you thinking about this card? I, I do wonder if it's one of those weird kind of sacrifice cards in disguise. Like, you know, that goes well with Carrion Feeder, but it has applications elsewhere. Like, I think somebody drafted it in a kind of Abzan Golgari deck. And I was like, so what'd you think of the card? He's like, I didn't really get to play it much. And I was like, oh. He said he kind of, I think he played it when he was in kind of a bad scenario anyway. He's like, oh, that's, oh, that's awkward. But I think I, I definitely want to give it some more reps, for be sure. Because Black Fives are just, you got Shriek Maw. Right. And Sidisi. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I guess I'm, this also works pretty well, Sidisi. Right, and I'm using Grey Merchant. Yeah, Grey Merchant too. Yeah. Then you have your a selection of five drop demons that you could run or not run. Yeah. Those, you know, there's a few of them around that are all kind of yeah, they're all okay. Yeah, they're nothing like. There's also Obnixilus Planeswalker, Obnixilus creature. The creature which is more a yeah. six than a five. Yeah. But. Yeah, I. I feel like it's either going to be a lot better than it looks or a lot worse. It feels like it's going to be... It feels like it's either going to be really good or really bad. I feel like it's probably good. Mm-hmm. I'm, and, again, I, don't, I really... I really haven't had really time to really, like, play with it much. But it's... 
my impression is that it's definitely a lot better with like sacrifice things like you know carrying feeders, smallpox, even like direct damage. It's not terrible. Like if you need to bolt your own priest to not sulfuric vortex yourself, that's pretty terrible if that's what you have to do. But right, like sometimes that sometimes that's the play. But I don't know. I'm feeling he's probably gonna be good, but I don't know. That's my response. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I it's, think it's close. I don't know. I, I think it's, it's. I think it's just one of those cards I'm gonna have to see and play, and actually play with it to yeah. to get an accurate read on how good this card is. There's a similar card to that in terms of like, and I think that happened with Elish Norn too, where it was like theory crafting. Did you know? I think people were saying it was like I think we were pretty low on it as well. But you know, when you saw it, it was one of those cards when you saw it in a play. It's like, oh, oh, right, yeah, this card's unbeatable. <laughs> Got it. It's like, it's, it's like, yeah, it kind of happened with another card in this list that we haven't covered. Um, that I did some practice games, you know, did some testing that way, and when I got one of those cards out, I was like, I had that similar feeling, I was like, oh. <laughs> this kind of, that kind of feeling. Right. But yeah, I think I like, again, I think I like this card, but would not be surprised if it's amazing or terrible or meh. I don't know. <laughs> Wishy-washy answer. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I'm just not sure. I, I, yeah. I am not sure. So... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Let's go with the red cards. There's a lot of red cards. Yeah, there are. In this set. And, uh, and we can, you know, I don't think they'll need as much expounding as some of the, I, I don't think maybe they're as interesting, but they're certainly close enough that we need to talk, that we should talk about them. Uh, yeah. first one is Abbot of Carol Keep. So Abbot of Carol Keep is a 2-1 for one and a red with prowess. And when it enters the battlefield, exile the top card of your library, and until end of turn, you may play that card. So it, this is the the Elkin bottle effect that we're that we're seeing red get more and more of as their mm-hmm. version of card drawing. Yeah. So it's okay. I, I think yeah. I like the Megamorph one better that we just got, Iron Shaman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I like that guy a good amount more. And because this one is not a two-drop, don't fool yourself. Yeah, you played on two. You better YOLO super hard to get... What would you get? A Mox? Uh, right, something free. Yeah. So Fire Blast. This is, this is, not, a, this is not a two-drop, and in that capacity, I would rather have a 3-2 with Evasion than the Prowess. With a slight I think I'd rather across the board because that one you you know this one you can just play as a two mana guy and then still get the the bottle effect where the other one you have to you know pay three mana first to morph it and then and then flip it up but I still think I like Irish Shaman better than this one. I do wonder if there, sometimes the right I would, or a, rather I wonder how often the right play is just to play it on two and then just accept that. All right, I'm just exiling the top card. I'm just burning the card off the top. Right, in order to have a two-one prowess. Yeah, because I'm wondering how how good like where that split of just uh, essentially Goblin Piker with prowess versus a kind of a Sarah Avenger card where it, 
literally costs two, but you want to play it on like four or five to get the free card. Right. Yeah, this one and, is uh, right, and if you have ways to manipulate it, you know, if you're if you're like a red board control deck with like divining top or something, obviously there's 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 lots of ways to to have fun with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if if we've certainly found that the prowess is is a real mechanic in cube between uh, Swift Spear and uh, the White 2-drop. Yeah, and even not necessarily having to build around it, per se. I think it works pretty well just in cube, with the context of cube decks in general. I think it's just a good... It works well, it with especially Swift Spear. You know, it's just Philosophy of Fire. Right. The fact that it has just like, is just is, is really what's really nice about it, too. Yeah, I don't think I would like... I don't think I would play it if it didn't have haste. Right. But, you know, it gets in for one... Probably, and then just, all right, here, all my... And I think that's another interesting thing about red creatures with prowess. Your bolts become combat tricks. Right. Right, you can still maintain aggressive momentum even when you're using your burn spells to kill their creatures. Yeah. Which is why the the searing cards are so good. Because you're killing a creature, still doing the damage to them, you know what I mean? You're not losing out on the uh, the opportunity to burn their face with your card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm on the fence. I, I'm, I'm not probably, sure. I'm probably going to try it out in place of, like, a Chainwalker or something. Right, yeah. I've already, watching it, I've already replaced Chainwalker, so... Well, just, like, one of those cards, like yep. Chainwalker or Borderland Ranger, and then watching it very closely, watch its performance and try to get feedback on how it is. Because it's another one that kind of got spoiled late, and, you know, I'll get more experience with trying the card out than, like, not playing it and be like, maybe this card's good. You know, I don't know. Accolade in the Inferno, I don't know. It's it, it's weird blocking. Two and a red for a 3-1 Renown one. When it comes blocked by a creature, it deals two to that creature. So a lot of early creatures can't really block it. Like, they have to block it with, like, something big. Sure. Bailoth or something, but I don't know. It's It's... Interesting, but meh. Right, like if you're on the play, there, there's not a whole lot of things that are going to be able to block this and survive, because not only is it taking two damage from blocking, it's also going to be taking three damage afterwards. Mm-hmm. So like even the O4 walls for two, or like a wall of roots, which is an O5, aren't going to live through this. Yeah. So it's certainly, and then the you know your point earlier about the renowned cards that, well, when is it time to block this guy? I, I, I mean. I can see this card being, you know, getting out of hand and being tough to deal with. However, in cube, there's lots of removal spells. And while this card is certainly a handful to deal with in creature-on-creature combat, uh, certainly not very sturdy for even with the Renowned. Yeah, creature-on-spell combat, it's like, I I died. Creature be spell, you know, as a 3-1 on the first turn and, you know, having a a full turn cycle being exposed as a 3-1. Yeah. Um, I, I bet you this card's real good in uh, non-rare cubes. Yeah, for sure. Especially when the creatures don't tend to be as large. I also think that red doesn't need this kind of card, too, in general. Yeah. It feels like the threes are nowadays are better. So... Yeah. I'm just not convinced that this is something that needs to have happen. So, we think of Avaricious Dragon. All right, so that's the four-four flyer for four, two red-red, 
that it's uh, Grafted Skullcap, right? So at the beginning yeah. of your draw step, you draw a card. At the end of your turn, or at the beginning of your end step, I guess this one, discards your hand. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's kind of interesting where you want your four drops to have immediate impact, and it does, where it makes you discard your hand. Right. It's like, uh-oh. Right. But I, it, and I, but I don't think they could have twisted the knobs more. Like, five power would probably be dumb. Haste would be ridiculous and unprintable, because that card would be dumb. But I don't... I don't know. It feels like we've got a lot of fours in red already. And I do, but I do wonder if this is a card that's better than it looks, where it's, you know, say, okay, I discard my hand, but now I'm just drawing crazy live off the top, but still, I don't, I don't know if this is really worth it, you know? The body is fine, but man. Sure. Well, the body is fine, except for the fact that they can just kill it. Because, alright, so, uh, so Grafted Skullcap is the same cost. Except for it's not color, you know, it's no color attached. It's four mana, it does the same thing, but it's not a four four. And Grafted Skullcap has come nowhere close to seeing play. Yeah, so, I think like bottled cloister is kind of, and that's probably the better version of this kind of card, mm-hmm. where you're, you're hellbent on your opponent's turn. It's I forget which, but it's like you're hellbent yeah. on some of the turns, yes, but you're, you're hellbent not on otherwise. your opponent's turn, but you draw an extra card, you draw an extra card at the beginning of your turn. So you have okay. extra so you have an extra card for your turn. But you don't have any cards on your opponent's turn. If they blow up the bottle, you lose all the cards that are under it. Uh, oh, right. And then the nowadays there's... Uh... If, but at the beginning of your turn, you get all those cards back. Yeah, and you get... Course, there's course of Portal nowadays, so that isn't really even necessary to play that. So I just feel like this is just going to be one... I don't know. I, of course, worst case scenario, right? You play it, trigger on the stack, kill it. You've discarded your hand and you're you're down a creature. Uh, I, I don't I, I don't know. I, I have trouble seeing this being better than the other red four drops or other cards enough that I want to play it when I haven't even considered Grafted Skullcap and the bottle. I, unfortunately, you know I like I liked the bottle a lot, uh, but unfortunately, you know, left my cube a while ago. Yeah. So in course of portal, I don't think I've got room for that thing. So it, it's going to be a pass for me, but it's cool. Yeah. yeah. It's another dragon that'll get swept up when people languish in standard. <laughs> yeah. Along with your storm breath dragons and your uh, thunder uh, thunderbreak regents. All yeah, and your conveniently four fours. And Ojitai too. Right. Kills also kills Ojitai. Oh yeah, kills a lot of kills a lot of stuff. All right, so let's see. Uh, oh, Chandra. I guess Chandra. So Chandra is a two-two for one red red, also a human. Uh, whenever you cast a red spell, untap her, and she's a pinger. However, if she deals, if she has dealt three or more damage this turn, now that just means three or more damage. So you could attack with her. Cast a red spell, untap with her, and ding her. And, you know, make her... Because you have to tap her to in order to activate the ability. Yeah. Uh, then she transforms into Chandra Ro- uh, Roaring Friend. God, I can't say it. Roaring Flame. I wanted to say Roaring Frame. 
Roaring Flame, which is a four uh, loyalty plus one, deals two damage to target creature. Or sorry, sorry, deals two damage to target player plus one. The minus two is deals two damage to target creature. And then the minus seven uh, is the uh, deal six damage to each opponent, and each player dealt damage this way gets an emblem with, at the beginning of your upkeep, this emblem deals three damage to you. So they keep burning. So effectively, nine damage for the first time when you, when you activate it. Because they're taking six, and they're untapping and taking three. As of yet, hmm. no way to get rid of emblems. That's that's pretty good. So I kind of like this card a little bit because once again, you know, I red is very good at attacking and burning and doing that stuff. But what red has not been very good at traditionally is being interesting. Yep, good old I was gonna say good old rock, but rock is is not red. Right. But you know, it's it's just kind of always the same. And I've I've liked some of the three drops that have come out recently. The the dual caster mage Felden of the third path that get to do other things besides just attack and burn. Now, this card is a pinger, and pingers are always pretty good. Uh, the untapped thing I think is interesting because I also happen to think that like Gelectrode has always been close for me mm-hmm. making the cube. And I like pingers, but they've all kind of, for the most part, gone by the wayside for me. Um, yeah. But one that you get to untap and has all this upside, I mean, I'm certainly trying it, that's for sure. That's true. I, yeah. I, I think it's the worst one for constructed out yeah. of all these planeswalkers. <laughs> but I certainly want to try it, even though I'm not convinced that it's going to stay in cube. Yeah. I think... So she actually has another keyword. It is She has Renown. Did you know that? Wait, what? Chandra, Chandra has Renown. It, it gets When it gets in there, assuming you have a red spell, you untap it and then oh, get in there. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. I guess that was a joke. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it kind of does. It's, yeah, okay, if you have a red spell. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I, I assume... Like, I think when I was testing it, it was a little bit slow, and somebody had a mono red deck, and I asked how, how it was, and he said, when it flipped, it was really good. And that seems to be the thing with a lot of these Planeswalkers, is if, when they flip, they represent, a, they're a lot better on rate than their mana cost. Well, also, too, the turn they flip, you're getting the best part of the creature and the ability to activate the Planeswalker. Yeah. So you're getting, like, double duty out of the card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you attack Liliana, and you get a zombie, and you can make him discard or something. Right, or this, you, you've you already dealt damage, and then you're flipping it, and you're dealing more damage. Or mm-hmm. you've attacked with your Kivian, and you get to make something attack it the next turn, or untap another one of your creatures that attacked with it to make it indestructible. or You know what I mean? Like... You're getting mm-hmm. double duty. You're not just getting, you know, you get to play both sides of the card on the turn of flips. One thing I forgot to mention with Kithian is that I think it's interesting that when he flips, he's really good versus Wraths. Because you're making something indestructible, and he's a Planeswalker, so Wraths are kind of bad against his flipped form. Right. So I think that's cool. One thing I think is, like, Chandra, when she flips, 
And I think trying to get her to ping to deal the three is a bit of a pipe dream. Because you probably just need to, like, ping, cast spell, ping. You need two red spells, essentially, to do that. Which, right. I mean, can happen, but that's that's tough. That's probably going to be hard. So it's mostly likely just going to have to attack and then not die. And then cast a jackal pop or something and then flip and then do that. And her flip mode is extremely good. Like, pretty much a one-sided vortex that can be attacked, but it's a planeswalker. That's fine. Well, and like you and, and, and the pinging part is ideally going to be helping to reduce the creature presence, and then you flip, and you can reduce the creature presence even more. Well, you can only when she's a planes when she's a creature, she can only ping players though. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I I mis- completely misread that. Oh, it's okay. Oh, hmm. Yeah, yeah which that's is a little awkward. Different then. Yup. Yeah, I, it is kind of because she can't really. Clear the way for herself. Right. Granted, when she gets brickwalled, you can start pinging, but that's a little bit slow for a red attack deck. Well, ideally, to... you're ping, cast your spell, ping, and then maybe cast a third. I, I mean, I could certainly see, I mean, playing this on three and being able to cast two red spells on four. Yeah. I, I don't think that's see, too unless, much of a stretch. Unless, you, if you're not mono red, that seems pretty difficult. I mean, you can also flashback. Like, there's a good number of good flashback sure. cards or in play, red. Play a two-mana creature and play a lightning strike. Yeah. I mean, That's hard. I mean, it's difficult to say whether that'll happen, you know, if you'll have used that stuff earlier. Like The other thing, too, I think, is it says if it's dealt three or more damage. So that means even if you attack and it gets blocked and not killed, it's still dealing two damage. Yeah. Like if they have walls or something. Right. Yeah, like, all right, here's your wall of roots. Right, or or one one or whatever, you know, like. Yeah, Unfor- you can't unfortunately pantser up, and then get her to flip that way. But story wise, that really wouldn't make much sense. Right, because you have to, like, you still have to activate it in order to get. Once again, you have to activate it to get the ability to trigger. Yeah, it's like here's my spark. And I think the flip mode of Chandra, the minus two ability, it's probably the weakest part. But it's, I mean, it's but you can it's use free. It twice. Yeah, I mean, it's not that terrible. And you can plus, uh, I don't know, super sulfuric vortex them if that's, I mean, if that's what you want to do. But, I mean, who really cares about ultimates? I mean, it's like Jace, you know, Jace Vryn's prodigy. If you get there, that's fine, but you probably won't, and that's fine. Right, you know, certainly you want those, you want those ultimates, if they have them, to be, you know, game-ending. Yeah, but if not... But if not, that's fine. You just still just kind of ride the Right, it's just free spells every turn. Yeah, I'm going to ping... I'm going to get you for two. I'm going to get you for two again. Yeah, And especially, say you attack, and then, you know, gets in there, and you cast a red spell, and you ping him, and then you plus it. I mean, that's five damage. That's... Jeez. Well, right. Well, okay, so think about how much damage it's going to do... Um, the let's say the minimum amount of damage it's going to do if it transforms and reaches its ultimate. So you're definitely at least pinging them once. So that's one, right? Another two, mm-hmm. it goes up to six. Up to five damage, it goes up to eight. Uh, 
Activate ultimate, they take six, so that's 11 damage, and they untap and take another three. So it represents, if, if you get it to the ultimate, it represents 14 damage in one card. Minimum. Yeah. And that's if you don't attack them. If you attack them and it connects, and it, you wind up ultimating it, then it's going to be 16 damage total. Yeah, or just it's a lot of, burn them out. It's a lot of damage for one card. Yeah. Because it makes, it makes the rest, you know, not that easy. Granted, we're, you know, we're talking, you know, scenarios that may never happen. But if we're talking about, you know, if we, if we, if we reference the whole game ending thing in regards to ultimates, by the time she reaches her ultimate, she's done a minimum of 14 damage to your opponent. Mm-hmm. That's probably pretty game ending. Yeah. Especially when you're playing win. red spells. Yeah. So, so there. There you go. That's pretty good. All right. Uh, exquisite Firecraft. This is the four, yeah. four damage spell, right? So this is, yep, it's a one red red for a sorcery, deals four damage to target creature or player, and it has spell mastery, which uh, if you have spell mastery, uh, it can't be countered by spells or abilities. Yeah. I I honestly just, I kind of tried the card out. I was kind of lukewarm on it. I was like, all right, I'm going to give it a try. Somebody had it in a mostly mono red deck, and he was like, he really liked it because dealt four. And it was kind of uncounterable. Yeah, I was surprised. It, I mean, it's four damage. That's not no, cards fine. terrible. I mean, Char's fine. All the four damage spells are, you know, like uh, what's his name was fine. Uh, Flame Javelin, when you can cast it for three. I mean, casting, you know, spending three mana to do four damage is always fine, you know. Yeah. Because this is their sorcery is a little bit of a drag, of course. I was about to say, and I'm wondering if this is better or worse than Brimstone Volley. Uh, it's probably better. I had a, it, I had a surprisingly difficult's not the right word, but I had a surprise. It dealt five way less than when yeah, I you. wanted it to do five. Yeah, or I needed it to do five, like, or when the the difference between three and five didn't matter. Like, I just needed it as a removal spell, and three was as good as five. Or, yeah. you know, very seldom was there the, oh, let's do this, and oh, now I can kill you or this thing because it deals five instead. That was very, very rare. Of yeah. the actual unf- difference between it dealing three or five. The unfortunate thing with that is it was almost kind of a split spell, where it was like, deal three to a creature, or five to a planes player, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just a lot of burn yeah. and stuff, and I was like, well... Yeah, I can see this card being good in this deck. Yeah, I was like, take four, and I was like, uh-oh. He's like, Do take, deal four to your face, I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> Help. Right. Yeah, I, I lost that game. But yeah, it was... That deck was sweet, and I he said most of the time it was uncounterable, which I think is interesting, you know, like... You know, like the control player might feel comfortable at four... Like, all right, well, I can just counter whatever he plays. It's like exquisite, ex- whatever firecraft. Like, oh, oh, right. Oops. I guess I die. Well, that was now. the for for a while. That was the the good part of Urza's rage, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We could just couldn't do anything about it. Take ten. Well, how much was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, the just kicker was three. like twelve mana or something like that. But uh, yeah, it was just three. But the fact yeah. was is that it couldn't be countered or whatever. So it's just yeah. always good for the for the dead 
Mm-hmm. It's like, don't, I must stay above three. <laughs> must stay. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's, I think that's interesting. But yeah, I think I like that card. It was. Yeah, I don't know how much forward. I like it for cube, but I, I, I just like the card in general. And that card makes me want to try to play burn again in standard. Oh yeah. That's good. The only problem is you don't have, you know, the, 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 the war leader's helix was such a key part of that deck. Oh yeah. And I could definitely turn, turn the tide. Which is, I think is nice. Right. It, it not only did it go above your Eidolon and you didn't take damage, but getting, do, dealing four and getting four back was just huge. And, oh yeah. And this one, still dealing four, I mean, that's a, it's a good start, certainly. Uh, but I'm curious to see, uh, you know, I'm wondering if this can respawn the, you know, some sort of burn back, basically. Yeah, I hope so. But. What do you think of, uh, Flame Shadow Conjuring? You want to talk about that thing? Alright. The weird, uh, makes a token thing. So Flame Shadow Conjuring is a four mana enchantment, three and a red. Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay red. If you do, you get a token that's a copy of that creature, it gains haste. And exile it. This card is very good and limited. Yeah. Uh, especially if you have Cute. any sort of coming into play abilities. Um, I don't like this type of card typically for cube. It's also low impact. Right. The you know the 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 stone that does stone nothing the turn you play it. Yeah. Um. And you know obviously this is meant for you know for something for, you know as a some sort of combo enabler afterwards. There was another card that did this, right? Somewhat recently in uh, Shards of Alara, maybe? It feels like... I know Minion Reflector was one. Yeah, that's what I'm, like that's five mana. I'm It's a five-mana enchant... A five-mana artifact, right? Yeah, and I don't know if you need to pay mana. Oh, you had to pay two. Oh, yeah, you had to do something, and you got a copy, and it did, like, the same thing, right? Yeah, it costs five, and then blah, 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 pay two. And then if you do, it has haste, and then get sacked EOT. Right. Yeah, that's pretty... With this one, you exile it, and that one, you sacrifice it. I don't know if that... I guess Thraxamunda or something cares or something, but... Yeah, like card... Not really. Well, well, it triggered your... uh, What's his name? Your... uh, The 3-1 for 3, that whenever something died, it dinged them for 1. Oh, Iguanar. Right, Hissing Iguanar, or the ones that just came back in Modern Masters, so Algigarial, or the Flyer, the 5-mana Flyer, the black one. Yeah, whatever is Scavenger Drake. Yeah. So like it triggered yeah. those. That's why there was the big reason why there was a difference. Okay. So yeah, I yeah, it's just a little too low impact slash do yep. nothing. Yep. Same for me. Interesting. Meh. Just don't. Yeah. Necessarily dig it. Uh, what about Goblin Glory Chaser? I really like this card. I it's actually in that picture that I sent you. Yeah, I saw that in that deck. Yeah, it was a nice. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Strong Perk Noble. Where, you know, the it's low enough on the curve to get to be a decent saboteur. And then I asked him, you know, how it was after that draft. I was like, you know, did it, you know did those guys typically get there? This and the green one. And he said usually, yeah. And that this one in particular was very hard to block if they did. If it got because a two two with menace, like what are you gonna do about that in the early stage of the game? Like. Hope to make some tokens, I guess, but those cost more than two usually. Right, take two from it, basically. Yeah, so I thought it kind of reminded me of Strongkirk Noble, where 
you know, it did its thing and got bigger, and, like, Stromkirk Noble can sometimes snowball, mm-hmm. where it's like we were talking about with Slith Firewalker, where it's always one bigger mm-hmm. than their blockers. But, I mean, most of the time, if it's a 2-2, it did its job, and it's just attacking for two, and it's hard to block. I, I've been very happy with this. No, this guy seems really good, and then I'm, I'm having uh, dreams of playing this on one and then Stormblood Berserker on two. Oh, Dennis the Menace, that deck. So, I, I, I feel like that's a, a fun place to be. Yeah. And then, like, attacking for five on turn three and probably can't block. Yeah, your guys, uh, you need, uh, I don't know, man, <laughs> you need something. So, that's, yeah. that, that seems interesting to me. Yeah, this card seems good. I agree. So. What else was there? All right, there's, there's a, there's a few more, I think. Uh, there's the Molten Vortex. Yeah, the new uh, whatever seismic assault, seismic which assault. has a, which has a decent mana cost. Cost just one red enchantment. Spend a red, discard a land card. This deals two damage to a creature or player. I definitely like this more than seismic assault. Like the triple red was pretty awkward, mm-hmm. but I think I like this card. Yeah, this is a nice reach. I I, I kind of like it, but I kind of have that whole thing in my mind of alright, what am I going to do with this card? What is yeah. it that I'm... What is it that I really want to accomplish? Uh, if you want to give yourself the, the, your uh, Life from the Loam decks a little more push, I guess this is one way to do it. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Or like Moloku or something. Right, right, right. Or, but I'm just like, alright... I guess if I draw lands in the late game in the red deck, I'm okay because I have this card. But I played this card instead of playing something else that would have already done damage. Yeah, although it kind of attacks from a different angle. Like, sometimes there's board states where they just, you know, if you had a Fire Drinker Sater or something, it wouldn't have gotten through, but this sure. could have. It's definitely, it's definitely a different angle of attack, but, I mean, I think it's that ultimate question for non-creatures in aggressive decks. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you need them to do a lot. And it's the question of whether you can justify putting this in your final 40. If all you're, you're not really using it... I mean, I guess you get Life from the Loam, which is cool, or Crucible, which is fine. But, I mean, ultimately, I don't know if I would play this in a non-aggressive deck. I think that's part one. And I think part two is, I guess, for me, I guess it's Say your aggressive deck is 12 creatures or something, and you just need a whole bunch of... Uh, there's a whole lot of other things, and I think this kind of happens sometimes with non-token, non-creature spells in aggressive decks, where they just kind of... They kind of get crowded out because of other things. Like, okay, here's... Well, I can't... I only have room for, like, one or two of these specific cards, but I don't have room for this. I think it's another card I want to like, but it may be difficult to include. And I love red cards probably more than I should, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm real on the fence about this. I, I like, th- there are things about it that tell me that this card, like, there are, that, oh, well, being able to turn, you know, resources into something else, into damage, is exactly what you want to be doing. And then there's another part of me that says, 
okay, this requires two cards and two mana to do two damage. And not just two of any card, but two of a very specific, you know, uh, you know, specific cards, you know, the, the, that have to be land cards. Mm-hmm. And is, is that something I want to be doing? You know what I mean? Like, is that, I, so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of getting pulled in both directions. But for me, I think I will likely wait on this card for reports to come back. Yeah. However, if someone, you know, loves Life from the Loam and yeah, they, want, and they want more reasons to, to do things with it, then, you know, sure. Yeah, I'm kind of like, okay, on Life from the Loam and Crucible, it's like, okay, like, that's cool if they work. But I don't think I'd put, like, a card like this specifically in there for it, per se, but... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you can upheaval and make a bunch of red mana. Yeah. Oh, there you go. But then again, if you just have three red mana, you can just play the other card. Seismic Assault. That's an interesting combo. Alright, how about Pia and Kieran Nalar? I like that card. That's pretty... That's a nice first interracial couple. Yep. Which I think is an interesting aspect of that card. Right, you know, not mentioned. You know, it's just like, oh, here, by the way. Yeah. It's like, yep. I was like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, being in one myself. Right. Like, <laughs> I was like, that's cool, yeah, because you don't tend to see that much in, like, in Magic. There's... No, just in pop, I mean, you're starting to see it more in pop culture, like on TV yeah. shows and things like that, but the fact that it's, you know, worked its way consciously into fantasy. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, stuff that it doesn't need to be that way. You know what I mean? Like, there's no... I, I guess there's no hard and fast reason that says they have to be, you know, of different color persuasion. Well, I guess for Chandra, for Chandra, they kind of had to... Because there had to be somebody, like... There had to be a reason why Chandra... Like, a person named Chandra Nalar... Well, I guess because you know, Chandra, I guess Chandra is an Indian name. Yeah, Chandra's a Hindi name, and like, why is she a redhead with freckles? It's like, all right, here we go. Plus fire. I mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I made a fire. Whoosh. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe that's why I love Rattlemaster so oh much. Oh my god, I'm Red Man. <laughs> so uh, these guys are two two for uh, two red red. The dreaded four mana spell. However, when Pia and Kieran Nalar entered the battlefield, put two one one colorless Thopter tokens onto the battlefield, and then three mana, two and a red, sacrifice an artifact, they deal two damage to target creature or player. So they're kind of Thopter gang commander? Yeah, like Thopter. Yeah, kind of like Thopter. They're kind of in that same family. Bad pun intended. <laughs> of like Siege gang commander, but. Yeah, I really need card, but yeah. there's no room for something like this. I don't. I think it's a different angle, which I think is not bad. Like, I think it's it's not a bad. I think it's actually pretty. I don't know. I like. I think it's good. Okay, if like, you if you want to push your artifact theme, your Felden of the Third Path, your Goblin Welder, your uh, you know things like that, um, I think this is certainly a card that kind of goes in with that. If you're trying to help support the theme, I don't think it's even necessarily for just artifacts. I think it's just for non-aggressive red decks. Like they most of the time just have artifacts anyway, and it's just it's kind of like Siege Gang, where 
if you have synergies, that's great, but it's just tends to work better for kind of slow decks. And most of the time I don't play Siege Gang in aggressive decks. Like, I'd rather have a Thunderball or something. Oh, and this is kind of similar, where it's I just like, Siege here's... I in every deck, if that's red. I, I mean, if I was to have, like, I mean, I only want, like, however many Curve Toppers in my red aggressive decks. And if it's like that, and, like, Storm Breath and Thundermaw, I'd rather have the Dragons. Like, I could sideboard in one of them if I need be. Like, if, the, if you know, I need to go for, like you know, more of a late-game kind of attrition-y kind of angle, but I don't think I'd put it in every red deck. Oh, I, I don't know. I do, because I don't ever have the luxury of having three different red five-drops in my decks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I don't happen to get all the best five, you know, the the, the best five-drops in red or whatever in the deck, because, you know, they're absorbed by some of the other decks. So I've, okay. I, I've not had that problem. Yeah. But I think this is kind of similar where it's, I mean, I'm not playing this in the aggressive decks. It's more just like in the, you know, mid-rangey and control red decks. And I think that's fine. Like throwing a bone to that to kind of diversify things is is fine. Like even like most of the time, at least the controly versions tend to play signets anyway. Sure. And just giving some value in the late game is all right. Just chuck this there and chuck this there. And like recently, I played it in like a kind of red something. I think it was red white or something deck, and I had this in the sideboard, and I think I brought it in, because I just want to diversify my threats a bit, because I think they were on, I don't know if I say mono spot removal, but they had a lot. And I was like, alright, let's do this. And it, I don't know, worked pretty well. But yeah, it's definitely, I think it's one of those things where unlike some of the other red fours that we were talking about, where like, for those, the payoff necessarily isn't really, like, Avaricious Dragon like, it could diversify you, but it's kind of working on the same axis as other red attacking fours, and this doesn't really do that job better. But it's... I think it's good enough at the other roles that I think it's fine. Mm. But yeah, I don't think I'd be playing this in my red attack decks, and I think that's... Unless, you know... Right, unless you're in trouble and you don't have fours to play, and then you just play it because you need you know, a spot on the curve. Well, I think if there's... If they ha- if the opponent's on a lot of spot removal, or something like that, or you need maybe some you you feel like your deck is kind of vulnerable to spot removal, this is this is a nice way to kind of get diversify that. a little bit. Yeah, I'm not sure if in the grand scheme of things this is more powerful than Whirler Rogue because at least that's free and you can just play it on four, tap your dudes, attack right. with an unblockable thing. But it feels like this is one where if you untap with it, kind of like Siege Gang, mm-hmm. you're pretty good. And they have flying, which is nice, too, and not typically something where... Red yeah, Red doesn't get a whole lot of, lot of flyers. That's a, that's a fair point. Yeah, essentially just dragons and... Right, and they're pretty. They're all really expensive. Yeah, they ain't no cheap dragons, which is kind of disappointing in dragons of Tarkir. No cheap dragons. I mean, that's that's fine. <laughs> that's okay. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I like these. I like that card. Also, pretty ridiculous with um, Alicia to bring it back, which I did. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I okay. did for the win. Sure. It's like, all right, here's my tutu. I uh, I've had Alicia in for a while and have yet to play it in a single deck. No, I have not seen it a single time. Is it one of those things where you just felt you just never? Yeah, no, just never, never see it. Never see it when I'm in that deck. I've had that happen sometimes, where it's just like, I haven't seen this card in so long, what the hell happened to it? Right, and I know it's in there, I saw it. Yeah, 
It's like Actually, nobody. I'm like, wait, is this card in there? Yep, there it is. Nobody walked off with whatever. Right. It's like, oh, there you go. Did you ever find what's that card? The one that you thought meticulously disappeared. Which one? I forgot now. We were talking about it in the last episode. Yeah, where... I remember talking about something, but I don't remember what it was. And I was like, I hope it didn't meticulously disappear into somebody's pocket. I don't know. It feels like it was an artifact or something, or a land. I don't remember now. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I have to check the tape. There you go. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I guess I'm not as excited by that card. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I can certainly see where it would have merit. And I do like, you know, red to be able to do other things. It's yeah. just that, ugh, that trying Four to mana. find something to cut for that is just going to be agonizing. Yeah. That's going to be hard. So, what about Scab Clan Berserker? I, it, there's a, I've heard a lot of stuff about this card. Okay. I don't, I still don't know how to evaluate this card, to be completely honest. All right, so it's a 2-2 for 3 mana for 1 red-red. It's a 2-2 haste with Renown 1. And whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, if it is renowned, it deals 2 damage to that player. Yeah. If you, it's, it, I like that it has haste to get around the high mana cost. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way they could print this at like two mana without haste. That would just be stupid. At least I don't think they could. That would be kind of dumb. Well, they didn't. So. Yep, so here we go. He has haste. <laughs> I, yeah, I honestly don't know if it's too low. Like, it feels like it could be one of those feast or famine kind of cards. Or if you play it on curve, it's ridiculous. But, and you know, you're able to get in, but if not, it's just right. kind of underwhelming. I, I think all of the value in this card is by it being renowned. Yeah. It, well, is, it, it's, yeah. it has to be renowned. Like, and the fact that it does come down a little bit later than some of the other cards, even though it does have haste, uh, being on the draw is certainly going to make this, this card a lot less valuable. Because uh, yeah. it gives them, you know, way more opportunity to to have something to either block it or to kill it. Um, even being on the play, the fact that they have, unlike something like the one drop, where they literally have one turn and one mana to try to stop it from being renowned, this is they, there's the a, a full extra either one or two turns it opens up a a ton more ways to deal with it, and it mm-hmm. has to be renowned in order to make this card, you know, acute playable. So, okay, yeah. Like, if you're not, if it only becomes renowned, if it becomes, re- and, you know, once again, I'm, I'm going to make a bunch of numbers up. If it only becomes renowned half the time, it better be winning a vast majority of those games if it's only, yeah. you know, doing what it's supposed to do half the time. It's kind of like we've talked about in the podcast before on how some cards can be really binary. And I it feels like this is one of those cards where it's when it's good, it's extremely good. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, if you get this thing, it's a three three renown it's a three three, a two two that got in there for two. Now it's a three three. And then it it's kind of an Eidolon. Right. But it's for every spell. Yeah. And it's just yeah, non creature and it's non symmetrical, although non symmetrical doesn't 
really matter as much for the attacking red decks. Sure. But I don't know. I just, again, this could just be fear, but I, it just, I don't know if this is just way too low impact when it doesn't get renowned. It does put some weird pressure on the opponent where they may have to leave something back behind just because this thing could get renowned. Mm-hmm. Like, they may leave a Bailoff behind that may normally be attacking, because if they attack with the bail, whatever, the Elephant or Bailoff, right, then they're in trouble. on the board, right, is going to be able to get in, and it's going to create more problems. Yeah. Yeah, I... I don't know. I've heard a lot of people, or at least I've, the general reception I've heard has been that, you know, it's really good, and I don't know... Like, it just seems very binary. Mm-hmm. Like, either ridiculous or... Right, and I am not a fan of binary cards like Chase 5. Mm-hmm. Where it's either un- unbelievable or does very little. Just like stone nothing. And then you die, or whatever, you know. Not a fan of... Not a fan of those kinds of cards. I was like, eh... Unless the, you know... I mean... Typically, I'm not I'm not a, a a big fan of of those kinds of of cards, especially when they involve you know the, the later game. I think that that you know gets significantly worse as the game goes on, and you know it's there there are certainly decks and and things that that will risk that. And I think the red decks are a deck that wants to risk that more so than mm-hmm. the blue decks are of of risk of having to do nothing. Because with a, a very high ceiling, I think the red is the color for it. But yeah, uh, red likes to yolo. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I, once again, yeah. I think it's going to be one of those that I'm going to have to see results or play with it or, or get some sort of uh, inkling from it that it does that it's good. You know? Yeah. So. I don't know. Just my, uh, just my impression that I'll probably hold back on it for a little while until hearing. Yeah, I'm probably gonna try it, but I don't know. I would not be su- like, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets another one of those cards where I'm gonna try it, see how it is, but I'm not super surprised if I end up just cutting it. It's like, eh. but yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. What do you think of Thopter Engineer? That seems eh. All right, let me let me take a look here. Thopter Engineer. Three mana, one three. That you get one token artifact creature. Nah, I, I don't need that kind of card. I don't think. Yeah, it's a one one with haste, and then it's stuff. Right, a one one with haste for three. They have one three, and then I guess you can untap into. Here comes lodestone golem for five, or here comes mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, I think there are certainly decks that are probably close to unbeatable if this card stays in play. Yeah, I mean. Because I mean, all the artifact creatures that cubes typically play are serious business. Yeah, like I was gonna say batter skull, but no, but Worm, precursor golem, Worm coil engine. Yeah, precursor golem, lodestone golem, battle ball. Oh wow! Take twelve. Uh, you know, a, a blightsteel colossus. Take dead. <laughs> so I mean, they, they, that's certainly serious business when it comes to that kind of stuff, but. I, I'm mm-hmm. not super excited by this card that doesn't necessarily do a lot on its own and is definitely earmarked for a certain type of deck. While I... I don't know. I like supporting other things. 
also like that that interacts pretty well with uh, Felden. Make a copy of this thing. You know, now it's hasty. Here it comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here comes Artifact Grizzlebrand. Or, or, you know, whatever else it is that you're making. Here comes big. Artifact Moldrifter. For our... Oh, my. That's a big artifact. Uh, oh, the artifact value. Right. But, eh. Doesn't yeah. excite me. Yep. I, I'm more willing to try the other three drop than to try that one. Yeah, agreed. So. Alright, is that all our red cards? That's all the red cards. All right. Green cards. Evolutionary Leap. Okay, so Evolutionary Leap. Let me look at this one. I remember reading this a while ago, but I haven't seen it since. Is this the one that's kind of like Survival of the Fittest? Yeah. Okay, so here it is. So it's a one and a green for an enchantment, and it's pay a green and sacrifice a creature. Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card. Put that into your hand, and the rest on the bottom in any order. Eh. I mean, it's not survival, it's not recurring nightmare, but that's fine. It's still good. Like, randomness is fine. Like, most of the time, it gets you value out of your stuff. No, 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 and it's it's one of those things where certainly where you're... I imagine if this card existed while damage was still in the stack. I'm assuming it was designed after that, <laughs> yeah, like, of course it was. <laughs> to be done after that, yeah. But, I was actually thinking that, like, yeah, there's no way this could have been designed with damage on the set, because that would just be ridiculous. So, you know, just turning your, your thing into into the next thing. I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. I guess you I asked the person who had that, whatever, gruel, or whatever the junk deck, how it was, and he said it was really good because you got a lot of value out of your creatures. Sure. Like, if they use removal spells or wraths or whatever, it gives you nice value. And I think it's, like, there, there's the feel-bads of it being random, but that's fine. Well, the wrath doesn't help, because it's just a new thing gets wrathed instead. But... Wait, what? You said about wraths? It's yeah. hard to get value out of that, because it just... You... Oh, you're sorry, you, know, you put it in your hand, right? You don't put it in play. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, I guess so. Sure. It would be pretty broken, though. If, I mean, it would pretty much be Oath of Druids if you could put it right, in play. Right, that's what I'm saying, like... I was, I was one, thinking about that for a second. I get a little confused sometimes. That's okay. Because I, I just kind of, my brain constantly draws like parallels to other cards like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I, actually so, I thought the same thing too when I first saw the card. I was like, huh. I was like, so it really. I guess I was thinking about it in like the junk deck. I'm like, well, I guess this sucks if you hit Den Protector. And I was like, oh no, it goes back in your hand. It's like, oh, right. Well, there you go. It's even right, so you just get to you just get to replace a card with. You get to replace a dying creature with uh, uh, another card in your hand, basically. Yeah. And even if you get, like, a Lana War Elf, like, the feel-bads of that are kind of awkward, but they don't play mono elves most of the time, those... But if it's going to die anyway, right? Yeah. I mean, unless you're specifically trying to trade up into something, but even then, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Or play play Divtop. House is in your favor. Like, uh, that's why, you know, Chaos Warp is so much fun. Mm-hmm, yeah. Whee! Alright, like, it might, it might be an overpowered instance we vindicate. Or you go. might get wrecked. One or the yeah. other. Or you get the same card. Right. I'm gonna get your red shrine that has ten counters. Oh no, I got the same card. <laughs> but it has zero counters. Right. We're good. It's like, oh, da- oh darn. But yeah, I, I definitely like this. I like okay. Evolutionary okay. Leap. I think it's nice value. Yeah. I think what else there is in green. Uh, oh, Honored Hierarch, which I, for some reason, misread as 
Mono red hierarch. Because the H kind of looks like an M. Mono red. <laughs> yeah, and like the the shoulder pads, which look like like those is it kind of like jump packs or whatever. Mono red hierarch. And I was like, but that actually tells you what deck you should play it in. So I have to thank Honor, Honored Hierarch for having a Freudian slip. So it's uh, a green mana for a one one renown one. As long as Honored Hierarch is renowned, it has Vigilance and Tap to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Oh, I didn't see Vigilance the first time I read this card. Oh. Yeah, it has that too. <laughs> so, yeah, so here's... The way I... A lot of the valuation that I've heard with regards to this is that a, it's a bad land war elf or whatever, a bad bird or something. But honestly... Don't play this. In, this is not a card for ramp decks. It's a card for aggressive decks. Yes, because you get yeah, because <laughs> you get to attack and do something afterwards, but doesn't die. Well, or even still, it's just like trick. it's a, in that deck in that picture that I sent you. He had kind of green as a splash, and I think he kind of played this because he needed some more one drops. And most of the time, it was just a dude that just you know was a one drop. It's kind of like uh, again, kind of Stromkirk Noble, kind of gets in there. And then becomes a 2-2, and then the other two abilities are kind of flavor text. I mean, it's great if you do, and it's nice to use those abilities, but the mode A is to be an attacker. His mode A is not to be a land war elf. And right. like, it's if you're playing one of those it, things where once he gets outclassed, then he becomes a lot of, then he becomes a birds of paradise. Yeah, and if you're playing it in like your mono green ramp deck, and the card isn't working for you, you're playing it in the wrong deck. Don't do that. Play it in your play it in your green. It's like jungle line or whatever. Or play it in your like jungle or whatever. Yeah, like if you're playing it in your if you're playing jungle lion in your whatever green can mid ramp deck and it sucks. Well, uh, that's that's not the deck for it. Same thing. Same reason why fire drinker Seder sucks in the wildfire deck. Right. <laughs> or I guess uh, I guess Stromkirk Noble and any of those kinds of cards just aren't very good there. But that isn't really its home. It's an aggressive card. No, that's my soapbox. On that card, at least. Yeah, I, I like it more now that I see it has Vigilance. Yeah, and that's nice, too, where you can kind of use it to help cast things like Swords as well. That you know, like Sometimes those like the aggressive decks happen to have cards that cost a little more mana, and it gives them a little boost, like, you know, Burst Lightning, Dragon Whisperer, uh, swords, you know, other kind of random stuff that, you know, just happens to use mana. And this, you know, being able to vigilance too, just go attack, all right, take more damage, and then tap that, and then some other things to cast a sword or something, or cast a whatever thing. Yeah, I definitely like this card. It feels like, it feels like people are getting caught up on the tap to add a mana part, and not necessarily the renown one part. End up being a two-two, but yeah, this card's sweet. Yeah, I mean, I like it a little less now that I've, you know, that the green aggro is not as supported as it used to be. But I still, I, it's a fine card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and it, the fact that it taps a matter of any color gives it legs in multicolor attacking decks because mm -hmm. it's always going to have a use. Yeah. So like uh I guess like cat whatever counter cat types of decks or five the domain whatever types or even just just like 
gruel or whatever, or hey, you some can, kind of tempo. You deck. play honor hierarch on one, noble hierarch on two. Oh my! And then attack, and then you can safely attack with your two two. Yeah. And then untap and have five mana available on turn three. Oh wow, that's like tree speaker kind of <laughs> makes me think of that. I don't know. I, I could see they could see a lot of openings with this guy being fine. And the fact is, is that you know. When he gets outclassed and he can't attack anymore, he becomes, you know, something else useful. Yeah, and even if you just, like, worst-case scenario, you can't run out of him, I mean, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah, you know, sometimes you get stuck, you know, not all magic cards are good all the time. Yeah, them's the breaks. So. All right, uh, what else we have here? We got Mana Gorger Hydra, which has some game because it's on any player, but... At first, I thought it was just when the opponent cast it, like Torian Mauler. But I don't know. It's two and a green, one, one, trample. Whenever a player casts a spell, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. I still think it doesn't quite do enough. Yeah, I don't think I don't think so either. I mean, it's, it's certainly interesting, but I feel like it's just going to take too long to get going. Yeah. Over other cards that could be in its spot. I like the fact that it feeds on both players, which is nice, because sure. a lot of the times these are just like, you know, Query and Dryad, just you, or like Torian Muller, just the opponent, and this does both, which is interesting. And I'm feeling, because Torian Muller, I don't know, I've only really played it in Moto Cube and never really, I don't know, I never was really super impressed with it. So, and this doesn't have Changeling, but who cares? Right. This card, however, I do care about. Nissa, Vastwood Seer. Two, oh, this, this is actually the wordiest card in Magic now. Really? Yeah, with the uh, Nissa inner flip card. Yeah, it's, I oh, think, oh, with I've, both sides combined, you mean? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's like more words than Ice Cauldron. No. I believe I believe so. Yeah. So two and a green for two two. Legendary creature Elf Scout. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic forest card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, if you control seven or more lands, exile it, then return it to the battlefield transformed under her owner's control. Then she becomes Nyssa, Sage Animist, three loyalty, plus one, you get to Coiling Oracle, a.k.a. reveal the top card of your library. If it's a land, put it onto the battlefield. Otherwise, put it into your hand. Minus two, put a legendary 4-4 green elemental creature token named... Ashaya, the Awoken World, onto the battlefield. And minus seven, untap up to six target lands. They become six, six elemental creatures. They're still lands. Okay. That's, yeah. I hope you had some knowledge of what that card did beforehand, because <laughs> that's a lot of text. Yes. Good board. So, sen- so essentially, it's a borderland ranger that can only fetch a basic forest. Or a two wood elves, right? Well, that comes into play, and you can get any forest. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's only basic forest, which, I mean, whatever. Them's the breaks. And then when you hit seven or la- seven or more lands, then it transforms into... And I don't know, like... In her Planeswalker form, she is really good. Like, plus one to draw a card, minus two to make a four-four, and then minus seven, I don't know, you make a bunch of creatures and your opponent dies or something, I don't know. They don't have haste, but not six lands. They should have. They should be there anyway. Right. You had seven lands Correct. to transform it. Correct. I guess you had to Armageddon it or something. But no, you, you ultimate a planeswalker if you drew a bunch of cards. Whatever. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, at first I was pretty cold on her. I was like, why isn't this just a Borderland Marauder or Borderland Ranger? But I've kind of warmed up to her. Just as a ramp card. Yeah, I think you know, this just... might be the best constructed Planeswalker. Yeah. For a standard. Um, yeah, I don't know. This card, uh, I like it. Yeah. One thing is, one thing I want to mention now that we've talked about all five of the Planeswalkers, um, if, one thing I'm trying in my cube, I don't know, is adding Caracas in. Okay. Because there's five legends that interact with it well. And I feel like I've hit critical mass to where that's where I want to be for, you know, the, it kind of like, maybe I should have done it earlier, but the turtle finally crossed the finish line. Okay. Because of stone, but I feel like I now have the critical mass to where I think Caracas will probably be solid because of the interaction with those five and uh, whatever, Chandra, Mr. and Mrs. Nalar. Well, I, I mean, the fact that it's used as an offensive or a defensive card. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's like, I'm going to flip. Nope. One th- I do think Caracas works pretty interestingly with this because you can you know, play it, get an elf, or get a land, and then bounce it back with Caracas, which I think is pretty cool. Right, to replay it. It's not, yeah, it's not the most efficient thing in the world, but it's, you know, an interesting way to... You can also just defend it, which I think is nice. And like I said, maybe I should have done it before, like with Stoneforge Mystic. I should have put that in my cube before Scars, but Turtle crossed the finish line, <laughs> and I put it in my cube, <laughs> and there we go. It's like, oh boy. Hey, have you heard of this band? Consider that. But yeah, I, it's something, like, I'm trying out. I was actually going to try to put in a deck, but somebody hate drafted from me. I was like, man, <laughs> I wanted Caracas. But yeah, I don't know. I think she's, I think this is very good. I'm pretty excited. Like, seven lands is a lot, granted. Sure. And I think a lot of the times, like, the green ramp decks tend to use a lot of non-land ramp. Well, there's, like, two different versions of that deck, right? There's the, uh, you know, the Kadamas Reach Cultivate, you know, versions of the deck. And then there's, like, the, uh, uh, the Elves Elf mm-hmm. version of the deck, you know, one of which, you know, looks for, I mean, they're, they're both, you know, have their big drops, but one of which can also utilize something like Rude Awakening. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, the other one can u- maybe better utilize something like, uh, the green seven drop that gives all your creatures haste and plus whatever crater hoof. Oh, crater hoof, yeah. So, and I think the fact that it's a creature and it does this too, at least to start off, might you know it might be useful in both versions of that deck. Yeah, I think it tends. I think it's a little better in the ramp, the land version. But the fact that you get to make a creature, you get to flip it and then make a creature. Also, yes, is good for. You know, possible other shenanigans. Yeah, like, the plus going to be in play. You're going to play your land. Then it's going to flip. Make your guy tap your seven lands or whatever to your lands and make a crater hoof. And then you have your hoof and your elemental and whatever else you've done up to that point. Yeah, I've been very. Yeah, I'm. Or Avenger of Zendikar also fine. Yeah, Avenger of Zendikar pretty solid. I think the plus one on Nissa is. Just, I don't know. When I saw it was that the plus ability, like draw, you know, essentially coiling Oracle, that just seems extremely efficient for what she does. I don't know if it's better 
pound for pound than say flip Chandra's mode, mm-hmm. where you can just you know cack them for two. But I mean, I think it's just it's very efficient. You know, we get to reveal a card and then you draw essentially either put it in play or just draw a card. But I think that's that's really good. Yeah, I, I like this card. I mean, I'm certainly I'm certainly going to try it. Yeah. At first, I think on a lot of the ones, because that was another one that was spoiled on when the black on black ones. I was like, this is what, this is weird. But I don't know. I I like it now. Undercity Troll. I don't know if that like one in a green for two two renown one two in a green to regenerate it. Eh. Meh. Eh. Yeah. So the card that I wanted to talk about here, the one where you know when you play it and it's like, oh. That's Woodland Bellower. Oh, okay. This is the so, creature tutorer, right? Yeah, the bear, elf, elk, uh, scary thing. Okay. So it's a four four double green for a six five. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a non-legendary green creature card, aka not Nissa. Not Nissa, right? Yeah, and p- with converted mana cost three or less, put into battlefield and then shuffle your library. So. It's obviously worse than something like Grave Titan, which puts, like, 10 power and just is stupid. But what I think is interesting about this is it reminds me of things like, um, you know, Conclave Naturalists, which I guess we, I don't know if we actually put that on there. But it's where I think it's better when it's, for lack of better terms, when it's considered as part of a toolbox, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of an extension from it. For example... In the deck that the guy drafted yesterday, or whenever, yeah, I think it was yesterday, there was a toolbox that he had, and I think it was in the deck. Like, there was Den Protector, Sylvan Carry. I'm just going to read the cards out loud, because I have the deck here. Uh, Den Protector is no. Uh, Sylvan Carry added, which is okay. Birds, for because there's a lot of swords. Wall Blossoms, uh, Verid- uh, Steve, Sakura Drive Elder, uh, Eternal Witness, uh, Bounding Crassus, which you can probably we'll talk about in the multicolor. Uh, Viridian Shaman, and I think the Mana Gorge or Hydra, because I was trying that out. And I think it's one of those things where there's a lot of certain options you can go for when you cast when I cast it in that deck, because I was you know testing it out versus a different deck, and it's like cast this, and I have these options available, and it comes into play, which is really nice too. Mm-hmm. It's like I can cast this as essentially a Conclave Naturalists that gets, you know, a 6-5 that gets a 2-2, which cacks your thing. Right. Or, like, an Eternal Witness, you know, essentially a giant Eternal Witness, you know, where it's, obviously it's 6 mana, but you're getting a lot of various options at that mana cost. And I was quite, whenever, you know, it it came out, I was like, oh, it can do that. Oh, it can get that. And granted, non-legendary means you do miss out on some interactions like, you know, Yasova and... Rafelos. Rafelos and... Um, i trying to think of another... Uh, Edric. Right. It, but yeah, there's some non-legendaries, but again, that's more just feel bad than, you know, overall analysis. But yeah, this was a card whenever it resolved, I was like, oh, that... Oh. You can also it go does... get a Flicker Wisp and then flip it and do it again. Well, it's non-green. Does it say green? Unfortunately. Yeah, or it's a green legend, blah blah, green? non-legendary green creature. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know it said green. Because otherwise, in modern, you would just go right, phantasmal the... image, phantasmal image, phantasmal image, whatever. Right. 
and then Flicker Wisp. I think Travis was built, uh, like brewing a deck with that and uh, Painter Servant. Right. So you can replicate that trick. Right, right. Replicate so you can that do that trick. trick. Okay. Mm. So I think that's interesting. But yeah, this is a card, like, it feels like six was a very, I don't know if it's a very weak spot in green cube decks, because most of the time, it felt like a lot of cubes were running, and mine included, where there were, it was prime time, and then just like something else to try to fill the curve at six. And a lot of cards are just meh, like rampaging Bayloths, and I don't know, that's kind of the one I tend to think of when I think of like the meh six drops. Mm-hmm. And I think this is actually quite good. Like, obviously, if I had Trample or something, that'd be really dumb. And sure. I don't think it's I don't think it's Prime Titan, but that's fine. I think it's quite. Yes, a good but you know, you're just talking about the fact that like we were not very excited by big creatures at six in green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I we, think this we is talked a, about that on the last episode. Yep, and this is a, a a green six drop that I think is okay to be a little excited about. Yeah, like I think it's. I don't think I'm trying to. Build myself for it. It's not like a card that I want to convince myself is good, because I just ended up putting more emphasis on the fives and sevens for the ramp decks, and they'll. I'd rather them to play a better five or a better seven than a mass six. And I don't think this is a mass six compared to like rampaging Bayloth, but I do like the flexibility that it offers. Mm-hmm. And it's another one of those cards where it gets better with time. Kind of like Stoneforge Mystic in a way, where, you know, it's only going to get better from here on out. Um, I do think it's unfortunate that a lot of the cards you want to get are three mana. Mm -hmm. So it's essentially two to a three drop. Like, sometimes you'll get a two drop, but for the most part, it's get a three drop. But, I mean, that's still fine. Go get get something utility that you need. Yeah, get a Rex Age and then wreck somebody's head. Yeah. And then that's fine. Or, like, get a Birds of Paradise to put a sword on. I mean, that's... That's not something you'd want to active, you know, to have be the crux of your deck. Sure. But go if get it's a, a nice... uh, go get a what's his name? Go get a uh, Kasali Pride Mage and blow something up. Oh wow, yeah, there you or, go. Or you know, there, there's there's non, you know, there's multicolor green options that you know you can you can look for as well. I mean, mm-hmm. go get a. Uh... <laughs> I was going to say go get a Groundbreaker and attack him for six, but nobody plays Groundbreaker. Oh, I mean, you can. But, but. <laughs> stuff like, you know, I mean, there are multicolor, you know, three or lower drops that I think would work just fine, even though you can't go get Edric or something like that. Yeah, uh, Lotless, Lotless Troll, I guess, is one. Peter Leech. Yeah. I don't know how many cubes are running those, but, I mean, those are options. But, That's, yeah, I definitely I mean, think... getting a Death Ray Shaman's probably not horrible. Yeah, just drain them. Like, so, okay. All right, yeah, get this Death Ray Shaman, too. Like, yep. I mean, just getting extra value out of whatever and having having multiple different things you can do is pretty neat. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else, like Goyf. Like, Goyf's not bad. I think that's a decent card to get. It's not utility, but I think it's just another kind of threat diversification where it's like you have to deal with this 6-5 and, like, a 3-4 or something or, or a Corsair. But there's definitely a lot of options. I do think... For decks that run it, I feel like you'd want to have at least one artifact removal spell mm-hmm. to have it emulate something like a Conclave Naturalist slash Indric Stomp Haller. Right. But I don't know. I think that's I don't know if that's me just wanting some kind of immediate value where you don't necessarily need to. But I mean it's certainly not. You can go get a Gaddic T. You can. Oh non legendary, nope. Oh non legendary, god damn it. I know. <laughs> uh 
What else Rags. can we? What else can we get? That's uh, uh, reasonable. I'm trying to think of all the different color pairings. I was about to say like centaur healer, but nobody plays that. Uh, I guess I've drafted too much popper cube. <laughs> right. Yeah, this this card's not making the cut in popper cube, by the way. Yeah, I, it's a bit. It's a bit high on, the, on the, uh, rarity <laughs> schedule. Um, That's a little bit much. Let's see, green, blue, green, red, green, black, green, white. Now you can get Trigon Predator. Ooh, you can get uh, you can get Knight of the Reliquary. You can, yeah. Trigon Predator, you can get that. You can get uh, wait, I said creature. No, convert mana cost creature. <laughs> Let's see, yeah, Deathrite Shaman. God, I wish so, so. So many of these old guild mages are so bad. Oh, you, oh, you can get Farika. You can Ooh, get Farika. Oh, non-legendary. Oh, no, non -legendary. I can't. Oh, no. So bad at reading. Oh, man, I can't read. Trestle uh -huh. Troll. There you go. You can troll him. It's like, look at this sweet card I'm going to get. Oh, it's a... Let's see. Red-green? Yeah, there's like the, the three-mana hasty guy for a three-red-green hybrid. Like, oh, Ramgang. Ramgang. Burning Tree, I Burning guess, Tree, Shaman. Well, there's also Shaman, the 3-4, that has that things and for activated abilities. Oh, right, right, yeah. Uh, oh, Hunt, you can get Ravager of the Fells. You can, can you can forget to flip Huntmaster, and then be like, hey, hey, look at this. Hey, look, this guy is free. <laughs> That's the best. Yeah, like, bunch of, the this best is part. a bunch of, like... I mean, I guess you can go get... Oh, oh you can go get... What's his name? Uh, Voice of Resurgence. Oh, okay. That's... That's a good one. That's, that's good. That's not terrible. Yeah. There you go. Cure's Follower. I never... I don't know. Yeah, not a, don't don't need that card in my life. No. No. Uh, Trigon, Predator. There? Trigon Predator was a nice one, I thought. Trigon Predator's good, yeah. Shardless Agent, if you really need a 2-2. Hey, I mean, sometimes you need to do... Some Maybe you need an artifact. Yeah, all for Tinker. For uh, sacrificing him to uh, the interracial couple. Yeah, or I was going to say you could just Tinker. It's on color. <laughs> there you go. Or, yeah. I don't know. All right, but yeah, that card's sweet. Yeah, oh, Dried Militant. There you go. Yeah, I, 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 I thought about Dried Militant and already passed over it, and I'm like, wait, ooh. Another green-white. Oh, ooh, Kitchen Finks is real nice. Yeah, Finks, Finks is really good. Yeah, so that the green-white. Like one. Green-white green, green ones are nice. Yeah. All right, but there, yeah. what else we got here? Uh, too much left. Do you want to talk about Conclave Naturalists, or we did last Yeah, week, we did before. Last time. Okay, so, yeah, not not ridiculous. If you're probably running one, I don't know, go back to the previous episode. Bounding Crassus, which was the joy of cubing. Uh, spoiler, shout-outs to Jack and, and Cranny. One green-blue for a 3-3. Three, three. Fish Lizard with Flash. <laughs> Surprise! Yeah, ah, uh, wizard. I mean, uh, lizard. Wizard, lizard. <laughs> wizard, wizard. Oh, it definitely should have been a lizard, wizard. God, what a punt. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, why, why did they mess that up? Lizard, wizard fish, would have been the best. Fish, lizard, wizard. That would have been great. Uh, That's still fine. They can fit three in there, whatever. Or lizard, wizard especially. Lizard, wizard, they wizard. There you go. Anyway, so it's a 3-3 three, three flash. When it enters the battlefield, you may tap or untap target creature. Yeah, it's, it's, it's another solid option. Sure. 
Nice tempo. Green, I do green, love my tempo. Right, and green blue is is not the strongest of color combinations, really. Uh, there, there's a, a fair amount of high end stuff, but the low end stuff, you know, with the exception of a, of a of a couple of cards, which you know, also both, which the other three I'm thinking of all cost three already. Which Edric Predator Agent? Yeah. Yeah, and here's another one. And <laughs> here's a fourth one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's fine. Yeah, I do. Again, I may be slightly biased because I love flash creatures more than I should and tempo creatures more than I should. So, I don't know. I guess it would have been really dumb if you could tap any permanent, like a land, that probably would have been more than they would have wanted. But, I mean, I don't know. It's it's not, like, really dumb like Edric, but it's not... I don't know, it's like... Second tier, kind of like a lot of blue red cards, like like a uh, prophetic bolt and whatever. It's in that kind of secondary tier of non Ralzeric Dak Faden, kind of like that. But no, it's a nice card. Yeah. Bonded construct. Uh, oh, that's all multicolor. The rest of the cards are bad. Yeah, all the other ones are all like interesting, but yeah. just not. You like, know, I don't think I, I look at them and I'm like, oh, that's really neat and limited. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of that kind of stuff, you know? Bad is an incorrect term. I actually, I think I actually talked about that myself. So, non-competitive. What do you think of that? It's non-competitive with other options. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that better than saying sure. bad? Yes. All right, let's go non-competitive. Right, because the cards certainly aren't bad. But a lot of them aren't bad, but they just don't necessarily have a home in the format about which we are talking. Yeah. So, Bonded Construct, one mana for 2-1. Artifact creature, can't attack alone. So it's a common, and since I revamped my Popper Cube, I kind of pushed more of an artifact and affinity thing, so this probably, this, I'm pretty sure this slot, you know, goes right in, but in regular cube, nah, can't I, the not attacking alone thing is, you want your one mana two wants to start attacking on turn one. Right. This, uh, it can't, can't really do I don't that. think we're hurting that much for one drops that you would need to play this card. There's the red one too. Isn't there a goblin that has it's a cohort? It's a goblin cohort that I'm thinking of. Cohort's the one we have to keep playing creatures. Jackal Familiar is the one where it can attack. Okay. And it's one red mana for two two. But like I know there's you know, one of the, I, knew, I knew there was like these awkward one mana you know two mana for one that you know right because Jackal Familiar right can't attack or block alone. Mm-hmm. So stuff like that is just like eh. Yeah, a lot of these are just kind of like awkward. It's like, Ugh. but yeah, I, yeah, just not for regular cubes. I don't even know if I would have played it back in the day, but it's nice design space. But whatever, Hangerback Walker, uh, I don't know. It's a weird kind. I, I have a feeling it may be better than than probably reception has been. But XX artifact creature construct enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. When it dies, put a one one colorless. Thopter artifact token with flying onto the battlefield for each plus one plus one counter on Hangerback Walker, one and tap it, put a plus one plus one counter on it. So it has some flexibility, like you can play it as a two mana one one, that when it dies it makes a dude, and you can scale up. And it usually, like, X spells are typically underrated with regards to how good they are, and I, I don't, the thing is, I'm not really sure when on curve I really want to play this. Right, it's the it's a similar problem to what I had with uh, 
What's the legendary creature? It's X and white. Oh, Micaeus. Micaeus. Yeah. Is that I, whenever I want in? I, I liked it in theory, but whenever I actually tried to play it, it always felt like I wasn't unless I was being left alone. I wasn't ever sure what the correct thing to do with it was. And it always think, felt like one turn behind what I wanted it to do. Yeah. I feel like two or three, I think like three mana, like doing X for two or three was usually the right play. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't played that guy in a while, but yeah, white's been getting so good lately. White's been getting so good. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just have a feeling it's probably better than I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, don't know if, like, the right place is something just, like, play it on one and then just, like, chronomaton it up. But, I don't know. It seems seems interesting. Like, there's cute little interactions with it, like, with wildfire and whatnot, but I don't know. I have low expectations. Yeah, and it's good. It. It's good when it gets wrath, I guess, because it just makes a bunch of creatures. Yeah. Or I guess with, like, super mass removal, like, Jackal Hops or Wildfire or something, because then you just... Either who cares? Yeah, it's like, oh no, it's, I I have a bunch of dudes. Yeah. one ones now or whatever? Yeah. Pyromancer's Goggles. The Goggles... I, I actually think this card's pretty interesting. Oh, five no, mana. this card is very interesting. Five mana, legendary artifact, tap to add red to your mana pool... When that mana, when that mana is spent to cast a red instant or sorcery spell, copy that spell, and you may choose new targets for the copy. So, they're also Jaya Ballard's goggles, I I think. Right, they're right. It's this this mix of like the both of them have them or whatever. Yeah, I think this is interesting. Like. It's definitely not a card. It's another one of those cards where you're not playing in the red aggressive decks, really. I guess unless it's one of those things where you just want to go over the top. And But I think this is an interesting card for non-aggressive decks, and I wonder if it's going to be like uh, one of those cards like Mirari's Wake or Gilded Lotus or something like that, where it doesn't do much on the first turn, but if you untap with it, the advantage that it can represent... Sure does a whole lot. Like, even, like, you can spend it on five and then just have a red mana, and there's some red spells you can do, sure. like, you know, Firebolt, Lightning Bolt, just kind of like the, the simple kind of bolts. Force lightnings and things of that nature. Yeah, and I but I wonder with this card what the critical mass is of red instants or sorceries you'll want to play this card. Well, you could also see something like playing this with six mana available, playing it on, you know, and then like pyroclasming twice is probably yeah. fine. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. I mean, what if you, or, I mean, you can cast this on five and then double, uh, you know, draw two discard two. Oh, yeah, looter, or uh, faithless looting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I think the puzzle with this card and... Yeah, I think the puzzle with this card is wh- how many instants or sorceries would you want? Because I feel like you need to have a certain critical mass mm-hmm. of instants and sorceries to play this card. Kind of like with, um, you know, kind of cards like Tezzerets and whatnot, where you need probably a certain critical mass to play them. But, yeah, I'm not sure the critical mass on, like, Tezzeret Age Nabolas, for example. Like, what the critical mass of artifacts you need in your deck for it. Probably eight, but, yeah, I'm not sure. With goggles, I'm not sure, but it, 
I don't think I want to play this in my red aggressive decks because I want my five drops to end the game, not necessarily make my cheap spells better. Right. We can make his own kicker, which I guess is cool. But, like, that could be a thing where you side it in. Like, if you need to fight resource battles and, you know, it's all about just attrition and whatnot, which I guess is a thing, but I don't know, whatever. But this is more just like a non-aggressive red card. Right. I think this card is really, really cool. I don't think I'll be playing it in my cube. I mean, maybe I will, because, you know, we haven't gotten a whole lot of interesting artifacts recently either. Yeah. Like, well, we do have Battle of whatever coming up. Right. Artifacts have not been that interesting recently. So, like, maybe this is something to, like, mix it up. But I feel like this card is going to be a casual all-star for years. Oh, yeah. Years. I mean, there's so much to like about this from that sense, and... I mean, as an EDH card, this feels fine, too. Like, you know, just double all the red spells, sure. Mm-hmm, yeah, it feels like in, in like, a mono-red EDH deck or even, like, some kind of red board control deck, this seems really dumb. But I feel like in Cube, it's got a home. It's just, I think, cracking the puzzle will, I think, be the key. Okay, wildfire th- twice. Yeah, like, yeah, you can wildfire, and you can choose to, like, you don't have to double everything. Like, sure. if it's something like wildfire, it's like, I just won't use the goggles for it. Well, no, it says copy that spell. Well, you can just tap your mountains, you don't have to right. tap but if it's your sixth it. mana, and you have to cast it. I mean, I, need I guess, yeah. <laughs> and have to cast it twice. <laughs> That's true, yeah, if you have to, it's like, oh man. But it does feel like that advantage... Double chaos warping seems awesome, too. Yeah, even something like well, double... Green. Even something with just, like, double lightning bolt or something seems fine. Oh, yeah. That's right. It just seems like that. I mean, double, double, <laughs> double steering blades. Kicker. Oh, oh, my. I heard that. Real. Anyway, but yeah, double searing X. Yeah. Or, like, that exquisite war firecraft or something. Right. Yeah. I do, but, yeah, I I feel like you'd want to have at least, like, Probably at least seven, like six or seven red spells in your deck. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's too low or too high, but I mean that sounds right-ish. But yeah, it seems like the payoff for doing that is really good. Yep. Uh, the card seems awesome to me. I, I just yeah. love the card. Yeah, it seems real good. Speaking of battle for Zendikar, uh, Sword of the Animist. We find we finally get a legend. We oh, it's a legendary. Huh. Yep. So it's two legendary equipment. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one. Whenever equipped creature attacks, you may search your library for a basic land card, put it into the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle your library. Equip two. So it's a, it's a ramp, essentially. And you don't have to... Speaking of saboteurs, you don't have to get in there. You can just attack. If it trades, that's fine. I don't know. Milktoast word is that it's interesting. That's my that's my wishy-washy answer is I think it's interesting. I don't know if I'd play this in really in my aggressive decks mm-hmm. unless I had a lot of ways to use the extra mana, like if I had like Stormbreath Dragon or something. But I think it's more for like the mid-rangey decks and I think that's fine. Like they have a lot of random 2/2s. Right. Like uh like whatever sex monkeys just hanging out kind of doing their own thing. I guess it gives them a little more value by letting you ramp. Sure, because even then, if you're, even if your creature dies in combat, you're just trading it. 
you're trading a, a not as useful resource for hopefully a more useful resource in the land that will help you cast more things later. Yeah, and it's a basic land, so you can't get utility lands, but that's fine. Whatever. Them's the breaks. Bow, what do you think of this card? <sighs> yeah. I want to like it more than I think I actually like it. Yeah. Uh, I could see that. I could see this card actually doing something and constructed in those same ramp decks we've been talking about. All these cards that are out, that are coming out, all these elf cards, all these like ramp type cards, especially with the lead into uh, the new Zendikar block, which may have more creatures and see the unwritten and you know there's there's all kinds of you know cards out there that are you know available for this kind of stuff. There's lots of these components, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I it like feels like a little too low impact for the correct. for the impact for the mana invested. Yeah, but like yeah, I mean, certainly does work if it if you get to activate it multiple times. If it gets to trigger, I should say multiple times, then like you're probably winning those games. You're just drawing yeah. extra cards, you're just breaking the rules of the game and drawing extra cards more. Mm-hmm. So you know, it can't be that bad. So. Yeah, I'm probably gonna try it out if anything because there's there's Stoneforge and then there's that new one, Relic Hunter or whatever, whose name I could probably look up. Relic Seeker. There we go. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Last card. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting because it's uncommon mostly. Warhorn, three mana, artifact. Attacking creatures get plus one plus zero. Oh. Back in my day, we paid four mana for this kind of effect, and it was a rare. <laughs> I do think it's an interesting anthem, because the the the, mo- the big reason for the anthems is like the power. Sure. And the toughness is nice, but for the most part, you you're paying for boosting their power to make your threats bigger. Right. I still. I think the three mana is nice, because it at least makes sure that you're able to cast it. But I don't know. It's Again, in those kind of attack decks, it seems like it probably is going to just end up in the sideboard. Mm-hmm. It's a little, right, maybe it's just a little better, right, It's just going to be cards that are better. Yep. Yeah, which is unfortunate, but I hope this means they're pushing that effect more since this is an uncommon. Right. And then a bunch of lands that don't matter. There's a, a bad gargoyle castle, which makes two Thopters, which is unfortunate because I would have hoped three and then... Right, six colorless. mana for two Thopters. Yeah, I would... And then Rage Mage Ring Network, which Rage is like a Ring. That's yeah, like Ray. the uh, Flash Gordon land. <laughs> nice. The Superman sixty-four. Yeah, but yeah. So definitely a lot of cards in here. A lot of non. I th- I feel like it's like whatever that set is, like Dragon's Tark here, where there's. Some cards that are just easily windmill slam, very pushed cards, and then other cards which are just solid. Right. They're just, hey, should I play this? Hey, should I not play this? Hey, I don't know what I'm doing with this. Yeah. God, I saw, if, when I first saw Veteran Sidearm, all I saw was the Equip 1. I'm like, ooh, what does it do? Oh, right, it's Land and Scimitar, but it's more expensive, and I don't play Land and Scimitar. Got yeah. It. I was like, come on, cheap cheap equipment. And I was like, ah, uh, no. No. 
I do want. I do hope one of these days we get another good cheap equipment like Bone Splitter. But it feels like I say that every time we talk about equipment. Ram, yeah, but Ram Roller reminds me of, like it should be say it should be Rick Roller. Yeah, it feels like if if you have like a really big artifact theme, like the rate on that card, like three mana. Three mana, four threes. Four three, yeah. It has to attack, but I mean, in the deck that wants that card, it's kind of flavor text anyway. It's like right. Whatever. You just had it's, like, uh, it's. I mean, unfortunately, it's an uncommon, but it's like you, know, you just play a bunch of these. It was like the uh, oh, what was the juggernaut that was like a, it was like a five five for four that didn't untap unless something died. Oh, galvanic juggernaut. Galvanic juggernaut. Like it's fine playing a bunch of those too. Here they come. Yep. Yeah. Are you really gonna not block any of them? <laughs> I remember there was a recent uh, draft I did with some people. It was, it was a free draft, but it was a conspiracy pack and three Modern Masters 2015 packs. Okay. And the, I opened the pack and I got World Knit. I was like, oh, okay. God. I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing that. And I think somebody had, they had an affinity deck, but they weren't playing Galvanic Juggernaut. And I was like, put that in, that card's dumb. And he did, and he was like, yeah, this card's dumb. I was like, yeah. Right. Five five to keep attacking, but yeah, I I feel like if there is more of like an artifact attacking deck, because seems like artifact dot deck is usually a mid rangey control kind of deck, like either prison or just like use your signets to accelerate into something big. Sure. But like attacking, you know, if there's like an attacking artifact deck that comes out, you know, starts to be more of a thing. Like that's definitely going to be a good part of that deck. Like I remember, do you ever play Tadite from yeah, from uh? Un- mm-hmm. That card was when I had uncards in my cube. That card was sweet. Yeah, that's fun. So the three is a three mana four four, and like it was mainly can it attack? All right, it attacks. Can, is it turned off and it can't attack? Just cast a spell and you you turn it. You know you just do whatever. That card is sweet and then that's a similar rate like three toughness whatever. It has to attack, but whatever. But yeah, I think that card's good. But yeah, there's there's a lot of good stuff in this set. This is definitely a really good swan song for core sets. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I think they definitely did very well. And yeah, it feels like there's a lot of it hit a lot of metric like m- different angles very well. Like you know, flavor, power, things like that. Like it felt like. One thing I do wish is I wish they talked more about the lore on Kaladesh, or what, not Kaladesh, uh, Ragatha. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like they really, I don't know, it just feels like that lava thing is the only thing that really feels like it's from that plane, and the rest is just like, alright, here's uh, here's some things of lava, and it's a dog. Like, that's it. I was right. like, okay. And like none of the other cards really, like black and red cards just seems generic enough to not really be... Like feel like they're uniquely from that era or whatever, but yeah, the very very sweet set. I'm I remember proxying up a ton of cards for this set, and like I said, not a lot of these are. I don't know how many of these will survive, but it, yeah, this set seems extremely good. Mm-hmm. Like some of these cards, like maybe Priest, uh, Bloodrite. Again, it's one of those cards. It's like, how is this card? Uh, 50 question marks. I have no idea. Right, I... Fine? Yeah. Like, seems fine. Yeah, Yeah, but, like, is it good? Sure. Maybe. Who knows? But we'll find out. Right. Like... All right. 
So, there we go. That's that's a MTG Origins. Got any plugs and things? Well, just uh, at Anthony42 on Twitter. Anthony42 pretty much everywhere. You can come and uh, discuss some cube. Oh, I was recently uh, on a uh, another podcast. I finally got released, uh, which is the MTG in 3D. Uh, we did we we did a podcast a while ago on the origins of Cube, talking about where where it came from, how it started, how it's evolved, what it's become, uh, and all kinds of that stuff. So you should go and check that out. It's on. Uh, shoot, can't remember the Manita website. Prime? It's uh, was it Manada Prime? Manada Prime. That's what it is. Manadaprime.com. Nice. So you, I'll put a link there. Yeah, I think it actually turned out really well. And uh, and and you get three people from uh, three countries, three different countries, talking all about the same thing, which is nice. is pretty interesting, I think. So that was always something I thought was interesting, like at metal shows, where I would just have like an international audience, it's like everybody's here, just like listening to the music. We're all from different places, but we're all here for enjoying the same thing. And I was like, that's pretty sweet. But yeah, that's pretty awesome. I'm going to link to it in the show notes, or at least put a note to that to link to the show notes and that awful Brutal Battle game, (laughs) which you heard some of the music from. Yes, oh, that was atrocious. It was was scary. It was awful. I didn't even show you the worst part. Oh, God, you'll have to take a look at it. Yeah, it was bad. And, uh... Plugs for you. Oh, yeah. So, in theory, I'm going to have an article coming out soon about... Origins for Cube. Mm-hmm. Uh, a tweet at Usman the Red about Cube and I don't think much else. Pretty much just Cube and I don't know, cats or something. Probably. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. I might be guessing on some streams. Oh, right. Guy, All I, the Moto Cube stuff going on? Yeah, there's a. I, I think I gave him a shout out before. Um, Derek, Derek Bo- Boyko, who did some. I actually started watching his stream because he did Chandelar speedruns. Oh, okay. I was like, dude, that's so awesome, and found out he was just just a you know pretty awesome person in general. Good. And I should be guessing on his stream. Well, by the time this gets up, probably way back machine, probably uh-huh. <laughs> uh, tomorrow from the date of recording. So, yeah, should be interesting to guess on that, and then you know an article about about Cube. And stuff, but yeah, fun should be interesting. And then write on Gathering Magic about Cube. I don't know if I'm gonna get some Moto Cube drafts up while this is up. I don't know. Maybe if I feel like it. If my computer, I don't know if I have the time to do it. Mm. Whatever. I don't know. The whole setting aside three hours thing is, you know, for a draft is definitely a thing, mm. or at least a constraint. But yeah. I guess that's it. I got I got nothing else that I'm about to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Well, we have, is there is there anything else? No. Oh no. I I think there's only one thing left to do. Oh, that's true. Rock over London. Rock on Chicago. Magic Origins. Ignite your spike. I'm like oh. I punted it. <laughs> ignite your spark. Oh, Magic ignite your spark. Ah, spark of the planeswalker. So you can become a planeswalker, which you've been the whole time whenever you play magic. 
It's like some M. Night Shyamalan movie or something. No, I don't know, but Bobby's trying to knock my Modern Masters cards off the table. Bobby, bed. I... <laughs> don't knock bad Modern Masters rares off the table. Actually, on second thought, here, eat this Wolfbriar Elemental. Get it. Oh. Get it. <laughs> sure, that's all what it's worth. Yeah, get it. He's rubbing his face on it instead. That's not very mean. Oop, there we go. You got it. Nice job. That was all worth the 10 cents that I was going to get for this bulk rare. Aww. Aww. That's cute. <laughs> yeah, they, they've been surprisingly good. But now they're getting, they're getting, the uh, natives are getting restless because it's a couple hours past their dinner time. So. Aww. That's legit. So. Alright, that was fun. We'll do it again yep. soon. That was good. Hey guys, thank you. Alright. Peace out.